What's up, fam? Welcome to the Flow State Outdoors podcast. And I just can't live without you. What do you mean? Just fucking two sheilas in a boat. Listen to me every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't know where we're going to fucking start. I had a heap of questions, but we covered a heap of stuff at dinner. We did. We did. We, we got a little carried away, but it's always a, bit, always a bit risky, eh? Yeah. Like catch up with someone before a podcast and you end up getting all the good stories before the fucking... It was funny. This is our first time catching up as well too. So, and we kind of jumped in as if I'd known you for 10 years. Isn't it weird well. how that happens, hey, with like-minded people? Yeah. And it's like through social media, I've chatted to you for what, two or so years now? Yeah. And you catch up and it's just like old mates or like yeah. normal. It's like this is the first time I've actually met this human, you know? Yeah. And we just chatted as if we'd never been apart. It's weird like that. I think um, – what do you reckon it is? I, I think it's a societal thing these days. Like we feel connected through that social media and it's more normal than even seeing people face-to-face on a daily basis, yeah. you know? It's like how many people do you speak to through social media every day in comparison to people you see face-to-face? You'd speak to way more. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And it's like you end up having like semi-personal conversations with those people to a degree. Yeah, for sure, for sure. When it's not even at face value and you might not even have similar interests. 100%. And, uh, and I think that's how I've met a lot of my good – it is how I've met a lot of my good friends as well. It's like through social media, man, it's like I see these people a handful of times a year but I speak to them on almost a daily all basis. The time. And when I do see them, it's like nothing's changed and it's all normal. But yeah. you don't have that physical contact with that person no. for months at a time. And it's weird, hey, like I'm friends, like closer friends with people that I very rarely get to see but talk to a lot than friends I've known my whole life. And I like, I don't know, I can't like attribute it to anything in particular. Do you reckon it's, uh, this is actually the question I was going to hit you off with, was like, do you reckon it's like a growth stage? Like, as, like obviously yourself, myself and a few other people are like, committed to personal growth. Do you think that you meet those people and they just slide into the right slot in your timeline and then the ones that drift off like you, you grow the distance? Like, I can't explain it properly. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think the people that you grow up with or you've associated with from a young age or whatever that may be, I think that's more of a convenience thing because they're there in mm. your immediate circle or vicinity. You know, they're people that you're interacting with by default because they're there. They live in your hometown. They're within that general scope of what you're yep. doing. Whereas the people you meet typically through social media, they're people in circles or things of interest to you, like with yeah. might be fishing or hunting. And it's like you're only interacting with those people because you share that common interest, that common bond there. Yep. And I think it brings you closer together because of that common interest, you know, and it's easier to find like-minded people when you can link up with people yeah. from around the world as opposed to there's only so many people in your hometown or whatever that you've grown up with that are going to share similar interests, if any, to mm. you. And it's more of a convenience thing. So yeah. that, that's what I find, you know, like I, I don't have any, I, I don't think I have any friends that I went to school with that I still hang out with or anything anymore. I've sort of drifted into a new circle of people that I've found yep. dotted across the, across the country and the globe. Yep. And it's all through those common interests that it's drawn me to those people and I've developed lifelong friendships yeah. through that. So I think that, that, that common interest and it, the ability to find people that are like-minded from you from a broader audience. Yeah. Well, do you think like, do you ever like think 
that person, like you look back at childhood friends or whatever and what they are now as adults and you're like, they, they haven't changed. Do you reckon it's your perception of them or do you reckon it, they actually haven't changed? Oh, I think there's a bit of both. I think a lot of people I went to school with have sort of just took the, the safe route and done the nine to five, get that house with the white picket fence type thing. Yeah. Um, and obviously I've taken quite a different path yeah. to that. So I know I've changed a lot and I've gone and tried to, I guess, broaden my horizons a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's something I don't think about too much, but I can see how a lot of people that I sort of grew up with have sort of, I guess not stagnated, but also not thrown themselves in the deep end mm. and haven't really explored who they are as a person yep. or taken big risks in life or anything like that. I think I think a lot of people are like that in general and it's not until like meeting like-minded people, whether it be entrepreneurial, whether you're into yep. hunting or fishing on a serious level, that you start meeting these people that are taking risks, they're pushing boundaries, they're trying to better themselves as a person you know that's I think. that was yeah I, my my take on all of it is like it's people that are committed to personal growth yeah and it's not anything outside that so like people that are like committed to money or committed to something external or committed to someone else like fully committed to someone else as in like um living your life for someone instead of living it with someone yeah like people that are committed to that you always end up like distancing yourself from them so people that are committed to like retiring at 65 and owning, owning their own house, no mortgage and having two kids and the white picket fence story, I think they're completely different from people like yourself and me, I think, anyway, um, just in mindset. I think, like, if you've already got it all planned out, you like, you set, you've set your path, like, not too early, but you've just set your path. And then, it's very hard to get off that path. Yeah, fuck yeah, it is. And I think there's a comfort in knowing that. It's this, if you have that job and you rock up, you do your five days a week, you do your 48 weeks a year, you do that for the next 40 years, you pay off a house, you have that steady income, there is light at the end of the tunnel, but yeah, how good's that light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Yeah, how big is it? And then, like, you look at that, people look at us and like, oh, it's, it's you're, you're further down the road than me, but, like, you look at it and you're like, fuck, it's too risky. Or like, it, it's a scary... It's a fine risk though. Yeah, that's exactly... It's a fine risk, man. It, exactly. It depends. Well, what I call risk, to me, risk is not trying anything. The biggest risk is not doing anything. Whether you succeed or fail, if you don't try, you don't know. 100%. No? And there's a fucking saying. What's that? You would have heard it, surely. Risk it to get the biscuit. That's what you're saying. <laughs> That'll do. That's close enough. No, there's an old as fuck saying and it's about um, uh, the man in the arena. It's a fucking whole thing. Humor me here. I read it on. at- uh, Give me some wisdom. So you obviously don't listen to my podcast, man. No, I haven't listened to one episode. <laughs> Full transparency here. I'll listen to this one. Oh, you'll be one of like the four listeners that I have. No, I've done one with Guthrie. Um, a while ago and I ended, ended it with this quote from Theodore Roosevelt. Yep. It's huge, so I won't read the whole thing. Um, He's a hunter. He is. He Good is. man. Done a lot of things for conservation. Yeah, I was about man. to say exactly the same thing. Like, yeah, he was all about – and he was like a pioneer of that shit yeah. and hated for it by a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, um, yeah so it's, the, whole, the whole text is a speech and it's called The Man in the Arena, but I'll try and find like a snippet of it where it's going to be fucking – I'll just read the first sentence. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man in the, 
in the arena, in the arena, who is actually in the, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Yeah. So like the bloke who's had a crack. Yeah, basically, yeah. It, there's like huge similarities in that. Yeah, and and that's like going back to that statement there. It's like define risk. You yeah. know, a lot of people like say we're speaking from an entrepreneurial perspective. You know, whether you're gonna you're gonna find something. Go, hey, I'm gonna try and make an income out of this. I'm gonna throw myself at this. I'm gonna pour some financial assets into it. I'm gonna dedicate some time. Everything like that. Yes, that can all go down the drain, but. At the end of the day, to me, money isn't real. It's a yeah. tool. It, it owes me nothing. It's a byproduct. I, of, it is. Yeah. I owe it nothing. And at the end of the day, you can be happy without it. Mm. Um, but on, on the flip side, if you do succeed and you start doing something that you're passionate about, you're winning, you know? Yeah. And it was funny. I used to work underground in the mines. And I remember- I'm just um, going to turn the fan off for you to tell that story. No, right. like I'll turn that off for you. You got it? <laughs> it's just that like every- I thought it would be all right, but it's like... Um, Just as a PSA, he told me that fan was all right. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was half all right, but then every few seconds, it just got like... Yeah, right. <laughs> I was sitting in the heat. <laughs> Sorry, you used to work underground um, mines. Yeah, so where was I at? So when I was working in the mines, I started... Um, my first ever business, Ozcut Broadheads, I didn't start with the intention of having it as a business. I, ha- I thought it was going to be a bit of a side hustle, side project that was a bit sort of cool, saved me working an overtime shift every couple of weeks, things like that. And basically I come into a few roadblocks where I – there was at one point where I had to basically throw 40 grand worth of stock in the bin. It was like all my savings, everything I'd poured into it and I had to throw it in, into the bin and basically hit a bit of a crossroad there and it was kind of like what the fuck am I doing with myself with this? You know, I've just poured all this time, all this effort, all this money and I've had to throw it out. That's, that's crazy. I'm gambling here. What am I doing? You know, and I was like, what if this doesn't pay off? And I sort of had the, and this was a bit of a defining moment for myself. And I had the conversation. It's like, well, if I go all in on this, you know, if I lose everything that I've saved, all my time is for nothing. And this is all in vain. And it just all goes up in smoke. The alternative, if I fail is I keep working the current job that I'm in. I was like, how the <laughs> fuck can I lose if the alternative is what I'm doing now? Yeah. If you're I already can't f- lose. failing, like, and it depends. People think of, again, like an external, like an external thing. You're failing at life, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. And it's like not owning a house or not having a bank account full of fucking money or a car yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That's to me is neither here nor there. Yeah. And that's just a like evil necessity. That's it's the whole typical stereotypical life and living the you know like the american dream that's been everyone's Mm. wanted to live i think that's so ingrained in society and people can't look past that because from a young age it's like even in school it's like study hard get good grades and you can get a good job or it's like or or drop out and make something happen for yourself you know like just because you don't have good grades doesn't mean you can't be a successful person just because you don't have a university degree doesn't mean you can't be a successful person yeah academia doesn't define success you know it's are you happy in life are you living a fulfilling life do you have time to do the things that you love to do to me that's that defines success you know are you surrounded with the people that you want to be surrounded with that's that's successful to me people forget the middle bit like they go oh the end product is we'll just stay on the american dream the house is paid off and all that bullshit but they forget the whole process yeah so like 
There's a lot of life in there. Man, whole heaps. And like you, you, the struggles, the ups and downs of like running your own show and trying to like think outside the box and do different things. Like that's character building. And it's like you sit back and you're like, fuck, there's, it's been a hard as fuck month. And I've like a mess I've done that a lot yeah. since COVID <laughs> <laughs> and but then you get out of the other side of it and then you have a good month and you sit back and you're like fuck man that was like hard and like the, the feeling of like gratitude and like you feel great about it because you push through yeah and most people will quit and they'll quit too early that's right yeah, yeah. And, and I think there's a fine line you know like if you keep just persevering 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 eventually you will start getting them wins you know mm. like it's a cumulative process and everything adds up. All those little 1% things add up and you add to your skill set and you slowly better yourself over time. And if you keep persevering, you're eventually going to win, you know. Like if you keep putting yourself out there, eventually you're going to come up with a winning formula and it's, it's going to happen for you. Like yep. as I said, when I started Ozcut, I went to throw the towel in twice mm. and I'm so glad I didn't because if I did, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Yeah. You know, I'd be, I don't know what I'd be doing. <laughs> I'd, I wouldn't be as happy as I am now, put it yeah. that way. You know, but I came very close to throwing it all in because I'd lost all this money and I was like, well, if I'm already down and the chips are down now, I may as well keep going while I'm down anyway yeah. because it can't really get any worse. Yep. Stuck it out and started to get some runs on the board, started winning, you know. So that's – and it's very hard to see past when you're immersed in that, when you're looking at it and it's all negative. You're like, holy shit, I've just taken this big risk and it's not paying off, Yeah. you know. You've got to see the bigger picture and it's like zoom yep. out. 100%. You know? Give yourself a couple of years either side and zoom out. You might be doing bad at the moment but in the big scheme of things, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs on that road to success. Yeah, and you got to, you cannot look short term. No. You cannot. Like, And that's um, like I've preached on a few potties now. It's like um, short-term pain, long-term gain. Like you might make a decision that will hurt you like in the immediate future but then in like three or four five years' time, it benefits you immensely. Mm. But people – um, make decisions based on right now yeah. instead of decisions based on five years, seven years, ten years' time. Because it's easier. Yeah. Comfort, comfort man. Comfort not, kills it, everything. It's not existent though. It's not real. It's, it's, it's never a, permanent. It's a, it's a mindset. It's never permanent. It's a mindset, man. You know, like it's easy to do things that are easy now. Yeah. Because it's, it's just there and it's like, okay, I'll do that because it's easy now and I don't have to struggle. Yeah. But I think that's what we're, we're – like the human condition, we're programmed to want to have everything – as easy as possible yeah like that's what our brain wants everything to be easy and yeah. i think that's programmed into a lot of society and for you to go no i want to go on this i want to struggle i want to be out of my comfort zone i want to do this like it's almost illogical when you think about it yeah you know i want to put myself through all this stress or or take all these risks whereas your body or your brain is like no don't take risks look after yourself and just be safe yeah that, that's sort of what we're the human condition that i think we've it's kept like it's stuck in us since caveman days. Yeah. Because we just want the easy road because survival. Yeah. Because otherwise you get fucking eaten or killed by some other poor bastard. Yeah. And I think we're nowadays, basically here to survive and reproduce for the yeah. next lot, you know? And nowadays it's like your food comes to your doorstep. Um, we're the top predator. Unless you go out looking for trouble, you're not going to pretty, pretty much not going to find it. Yeah. Unless you're very unlucky. And you're going to live a very sedentary existence, realistically. Yeah. yeah. But we still chase that primitive instinctive shit that's not truly applicable. I guess it helps the world go around, but it also keeps fuckheads in power. <laughs> very true, very true. I think, yeah. yeah, I think the way society's going, it's sort of like I have, I lose a lot of faith in society with, 
I guess just how it's going in its general direction. But mm. it also, I think it gives me comfort in the fact that like the pursuits I'm into and what I'm drawn to, I think it gives me comfort in that. That sort of like everything I'm into has kind of like a primal drawing to it, you know, yeah. it's the fishing, the hunting, the outdoors, all that yep. sort of stuff. Like that sort of going against the grain of mm. that everyone else is doing, you know. And yep. I think that to me it's like, yeah, this is actually what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, like following yeah. this path and it feels so natural, natural. and organic to me. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing. I think how did you go like – did you have a, like a defining moment when you were like, nah, this nine to five life isn't for me? Like, did you have a, like a clicking point? I had a clicking point that I wanted to have a go mm. at. So as a bit of a backstory, I started Ozcut Broadhead. So for those of who, you who don't know bow hunting, a broadhead is basically um, the tip of the arrow. You know, that's pretty well what does the cutting and killing of the animal for the, the nice terms there. <laughs> um and I started making those for myself because I wasn't happy with what products were out there on the market. I knew I could have, I could make a better product. I wanted a superior product and what was out there was too expensive and basically shit house. Um, so I basically went about, started Ozcut, got them made for myself and it sort of, it slowly snowballed and, and gained a bit of traction. I had a, had a really good product there and people were like, hey, you should make this size, you should make this style. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll make these other models. And it slowly snowballed. And, like, I, I was moving a bit of product. I thought it was pretty cool. I was meeting people, you know, and it's like you're doing something that you're passionate about. And this was before being an entrepreneur was cool. <laughs> and um, You're just a weird, uh, weird but Yeah, weird dude. and, you know, I, I thought to myself, I was like, oh, this will save me from working overtime, you know. I might do 30, 40, 50, 60 grand a year and sell this. That's cool, you know. Like, this is awesome. Bit of a tax write-off, whatever. And um, I remember one day I was working, I was working out at Mudgee for a contracting company, and Mudgee was about uh, three and a half hours drive from home for me. And I'd get up at some ungodly hour in the morning, drive out there, and the whole company lost their job that morning. And I was kind of pissed off because I'd been there with them for I think it might have been three and a half, four years, and um, I just lost my job at the click of a finger. Nothing, no warning, no thanks, no nothing. And the fact that they made me drive out there, lost my job with no pay for that morning. And I was kind of like, why the fuck am I dedicating myself to someone else's company to make mm. their money when at the end of the day, I'm literally just a number and a sheet? A number, yep. And that day, it sort of resonated with me. I was like, I'm not doing, I can't and shouldn't do things to better someone else's bank account. Yep. Because at the end of the day, the owners of that company, I'm making more money than I'm making myself and yep. they're not doing a thing. And that really struck a chord with me. And from that day, my my whole mindset started to shift. That was yeah. like the turning point. That was a definitive – it wasn't a moment where it clicked and went, this is what I need to do. Yep. But it was a turning point for my mindset. Like a slow build and yeah. it's like, it just starts burning until it gets like so hot that you can't handle it and you're like, no, nah, everything else can get fucked. I'm doing oh, this. It, it got to a point. It was – yeah. But that realization there on that day, I was like, I need to do something for myself Else. so this doesn't happen again. Because again, I thought everything was all hunky dory. I had a well, I had a good paying job in the mines, so, and then all of a sudden you turn up one day. Sorry, no longer required. Yeah. It's like, what about all the hard work that I put in over the past four years? Doesn't yep. matter. Sorry, see you later. We'll give you a call if we've got some more work. And yeah, yeah, I'm so thankful that happened because to 
to put me on the path that I am now, I needed that kick in the ass yep. to happen to give me that shift in perspective. Because if you don't have that perspective shift, you're just going to keep going, oh, this is good. I'm rocking up to work yeah. every week. I'm getting all these opportunities. Yep. You know, I'm furthering myself. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm getting a career. And look, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want, mm. you know. But yeah, 100%. for me, once I got out of that and I saw what's actually possible and mm. it's like I can make a living – doing the things that I'm passionate about and that I'd want to be doing in my spare time. Yeah. It's like there's no comparison, man. And doing it on your own terms, that autonomy yeah. of being able to choose the time, place, the when, the where, the how that you live your life and you derive your income. Mm -hmm. Like it's powerful, man. Like, yeah. It's really powerful. And so rewarding, man. Yeah. But it's not for everybody. No. And it's not for most people. It's scary. Actually. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of risk. And when you don't know where that paycheck is coming mm. from week to week, that it's not guaranteed, even if you put in the work and it's not guaranteed, like that's a scary concept. Fuck yeah, it is. And I, I think it's definitely easier to take that risk when you're younger and you don't have any dependence or anything mm. like that. That's a given. And I can yeah. totally sympathize with that, you know. But if you're a person and you've just got yourself to look after, yeah. what's the risk? 100%. You man. know, at the end of the day, you can go get a job anywhere. You can feed yourself. Yeah. If it all goes to shit, you can feed yourself. You can get a job. Yep. You can figure it out. You can get back on your feet. But the autonomy of doing it for yourself and on your own terms, you know, it was like if I wanted to do something on a Tuesday, I'd go do it on a Tuesday and I'd make it up on Monday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night and Sunday. Yeah. Monday, Monday to Sunday is just days. Hey, yeah. it's so good. It's like there's not like five-day week and two-day weekend. It's just... Monday or sun Monday through to Sunday and that's it and you just make it work. Yeah, if and you're some, being productive, you're being productive. Yeah, and some days you might work 10 days straight but yeah. you're also, it's not like, oh, I'm going to get up and go do shit today. You're like, fuck, I want to get up and go do shit because it's my shit. Yeah, it's it's funny, man. You know, Like when I worked a job, like yeah. a normal job in the mines, I'd look at the clock at the end of the day. I can honestly say to you, since I've started working for myself, I have not once looked at the clock to say, oh, can I go home now? Yep. Have I been here long enough? It's not It's not about that anymore. I, I literally go to work for as long as I want or as long as I need to, but I'm not looking at a clock. I'm not not wanting to be there. I'm there on my own accord. I'm happy yep. to do so because if I wanted to leave, I could. Yeah. There's no one holding me here. Yeah. So that that's something I think is pretty good. Like if you're doing a job and you're not looking at the clock, yeah. you're doing the right thing. Are you, are you one of those people that – um, need to balance like you have people like um, what's a good example Gary V yep. so Gary V like his persona is w like work but he enjoys being busy and committing to all that shit um, are you one of those people or are you one of those people that like you still need to do your day and have your full disconnect and do something else or are um, you always like ticking I, I think I'm a bit of a mix for me it's like I'll I'll work through till the next adventure. Yeah. Thing. Um, I, I don't need to disconnect at the end of every day. Like I don't need to turn my phone off and not nah. think about it or anything like that. Like if my phone rings or something happens, yep. I'll sort that out. Or yeah. if I have a good idea, I'll action that or mm -hmm. anything like that. I don't need to fully disconnect. I do enjoy the process. There are times when I don't, but I enjoy the byproduct, which is the lifestyle that it gives me, you know. Like one of the biggest things – for growth within like my hunting businesses is me going hunting. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the biggest driving factors of growth. Yeah, we have. People got to see you out using the shit. Yeah. You know, and trust it. And so for me, it's like, Oh, getting that content, going hunting, putting the brand out mm. there. That's, that to me is what I love doing and what I would do on my days off regardless. Yep. So 
I look forward to those adventures and I kind of work in between those, I guess. But it's funny, like I'm not, I'm not a materialistic person at yeah. all. Yes, having money is great. It, it allows you to do a lot of things. I'm very – I'm motivated by time. Yeah. Time to me is everything and the ability to do what Spend you want on your own well. accord and make mm. those memories, man. You know, I, I want to live my best life. I want to do as many things as I possibly mm. can. So if if the business allows that I can go away hunting or fishing whatever day I want mm-hmm. within reason, obviously, yeah. and do that all year, yeah. that's what I want. Like I really value being able to go and do things. Like that's yeah. the big thing for me. Like doing things and living a fulfilling life, that's what I sort of work towards, you know, like, and there'll be times there where I'll work 14 days in a row and Mm. I'll be at work every day for 10 to 14 hours, whatever, and I'll stay at home and do it. But it doesn't feel like work to me. They need to not, they need to read, there needs to be a naming convention for it when you own your own. Well, then it's still, guess when you're like a big corporate fucking lord, like it's still work, but yeah. I don't know. It doesn't feel like work, you know. No, it's like, not. It's it's not the right word. It's just what word. you do. Yeah, it is. It's not. It's definitely not the right definition for it if you're truly passionate about it. Yeah. If you're in it for the right reasons. Yeah, hundred percent. And at the metric of success, again, like we spoke about before, like if you're just doing it for the dollar value, when things do go to shit, like the whole COVID mm. episode we've just had over the last two years, like that, that's affected me financially massively. Yeah. You know, it slowed sales and production and all that sort of stuff. If your metric for success is financial, yeah. well, then you lose, you've got nothing else. So if you're losing financially, you're fucked. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing it because it's what you're passionate about, yeah, you might be going or having a hard year or two financially, mm-hmm. but you're still doing what you love and you're still happy and you're content doing that. So yeah. you're winning at the end of the day. Yep. You might not be killing it at the bank, but you're happy. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day. Well, the truest saying ever said is like you can't take money to the grave. That's right. It's not worth fucking nothing. You can't. Yeah. You can't I'm, cash your time in either. No, you definitely can't. And that's the sobering fucking, that's the shit that scares me. Yeah. Like you, like, do you ever look back and go like, oh, fuck, I wish I started earlier and all, all this time. sort of stuff. Yeah. Every day. Yep. Every and, day. And like you start feeling like, oh, I should be here or I should be here. And I feel like if you look at that the right way and don't let it get you down but turn it into motivation, hmm. I feel like you get like another boost. To, uh, like, I, yeah, I think there's, that's a kind of double-edged sword. Like I've been, I've been looking at, that lately myself as well like i sort of set a few goals or not not goals but where i wanted to be with the businesses by Mm -hmm. the time i was like 30 and things like that like i'm 28 at the moment um but i think covid put a big dampener on that and i'm sort of not taking that into consideration like the last two years have just been treading water for us you know in a lot of regards yeah um and i think I look at my like I look at the trajectory we had pre-COVID mm-hmm. versus COVID, and I'm like, man, like I was I was doing so many things, it was happening so fast, and now it's slowed right down. I'm really hard on myself, but yeah. I also look at it from another perspective, and it's like, how many businesses closed down and phys- and unfortunately couldn't make it through the whole COVID yeah. thing? It's like I could have been one of those statistics, you know, like I could, all the boys that depend on us for an income, they could have been out of a job as well, you know. It's, yeah, it's like. So I am fortunate that we weathered the storm and, yeah, we might have slowed down a little bit, but we're still doing a lot better than a lot of others as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I I do – I am hard on myself in that aspect, but then you take – you sort of zoom out and you go, oh, this is where I come from and, yeah. you, and you just laugh and you go, wow. Yeah. If I knew back in 2013, 2014 when I started, I'd mm. be here now, like I wouldn't believe myself. Yeah. I it's weird, hey. It. Like, but you look at it like short term, you're like, fuck, I should be here or like, I should have done more. Why isn't this working and shit? Yeah. And then you go, hang on, like, look at who, like, 
even look at who you were as a person. Yeah. Because I think that changes immensely Massive. when you start down this entrepreneurial like, especially people that start from scratch. Humbles you a lot. Oh man, especially people that start from nothing and try and build a brand from or culture or anything or community just from like zero. Yeah. Fucking it's hugely, hugely like life-changing shit in a very short amount of time. You don't realize how much like, I call it, I think it's progression, but for me it is anyway. Um, personal progression happens in like, I don't even know, like I've been doing it for like a handful of years and like the amount of personal growth that I've had, like I look back and I don't even like who I was. Yeah. Three, four I can years see ago. That. Yeah. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. But you don't know that until you've changed as well. Yeah. You know, like you put yourself out there and you, you've grown with it. Yeah. You know, um, I, I see that massively. Like uh, the person I was 10 years ago is not a shadow of what I am now. 100%. Like with the emotional intelligence and everything yeah. like that. And I think a lot of what causes that is I think the fact that you have to just drop your ego and just accept yeah. fuck-ups. Yeah. Humility is key. Yeah. It has to be key. You know, that's that's one thing that I have with my business partner, Will, is like just we just say just drop the ego and just put your hand up if you fuck up. Yeah. That's the best way forward. It's the, be it's the best way to it's improve. It's clean cut, man. Yeah. Because then you can look at it for what it exactly is and, and try and make things to fix it instead of like trying to figure out who's lying and what the actual problem is and spend all this fucking time and energy trying to like nut it out when you could have just said, this is what it is and it was my fault. Yeah. And, we go, and you okay. know in yourself when you've, you've yeah. fucked up. When you've Fuck done something you wrong and like you're trying to – and I always say, um, this is one thing I like to say, if you, try and, if you have to justify something to mm. yourself, you know it's wrong. Yeah, 100%. If you need to justify something to yourself that you already know deep down is wrong or right, you already know the answer there. Yep. You know? And I think it's um, – a lot of people don't ask – um, for help, yeah, or ask other people like that. It's hard, man. Yeah, because you feel like oh, I'm a fucking big man. I'm gonna do it myself, yeah. and all this sort of stuff. But then there's people there that have tread a very, very similar path that are a lot further along, and have like advice to make you not do your ass or help you mm. to not make bad decisions, and that are willing to help you and wouldn't even hold it against you. Or and even just on, a, on, on like a personal level as well. Yeah. Like I think. It's very hard to put your hand up and say whether you're struggling or I fucked this up mm. or I need advice, you know, like it's that's admitting it's like it's like seen as weakness. Yeah. You know, but who cares? Like we all have problems, we're yeah. all people at the end of the day. And like if you're gonna ask that person for that or whatever, they they probably genuinely care about you. Yeah. You know, if they're in your circles, you know, yeah. and people are gonna wanna help. It's just very hard to get to that point yeah. that you can put your hand up and go, Hey, I've done this wrong or whatever, because it's admitting fault of your yeah. own that you're in charge of yeah you know that's another whole monster in itself too like finding the people that um that you want or that are in your circle that are the real ones like the ones that actually truly want to see you succeed yeah because there's everyone that that pretends there's heaps of people that want to pretend but then you i've got it. heaps that want to see me fail man oh yeah <laughs> there's heaps of that Heap, that's a big circle that one that's easier though that's cleaner yeah. cut because you know because you know yeah. yeah you know but it's the ones that are in the circle that you're like fucking, um, do you like? You, Are you actually clapping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that there's like a few red flags that pop up, but then it's not enough to call someone out on and stuff. Like, yeah. I'm not talking about a specific person or anything, but just in general. Um, and I've seen it and I had it happen to me and seen it firsthand that like it ends up costing you big time, like emotionally and yeah. money, time could be anything. Um, and like, you spend a lot of time almost like grieving for the loss of that person when you've got to let them go. It's hard letting people go it from is. it too. Like when you know you've outgrown them 
or not even that, just the gap's gotten further apart. Yeah. And you have to like cut them off. My, my circle's like a square, man. It's that small, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I was only talking about this the other day. Like the core group of people that I have in my life that are like really good people, it is so small, it's ridiculous. You know, like there's a handful of people scattered across the country that I know I've got my back, that are like true, true friendships that are lifelong friendships. Yep. And I'm okay with that though. Yeah. Like you don't need... 20 people as close friends no. or anything like that. You don't that. need to talk to them every – the ones that get the, – the one, this is the ones that annoy me is the ones that have to fucking like get the shits at you for not being in contact mm. like all the time. And like you could have picked up your phone and rang me, cunt. Like yeah, fucking right. that shit pisses me off. And the fact that it's even an issue in the first place. Yeah. Like I've got close friends that I might not talk to for six months. Yeah. Then the friends that understand the actual amount of time that you have that you have. Yeah to actually just gas gas bag and chin make about stuff mm. and the ones that respect that are the ones worth keeping yeah me and the doomsters brothers are so good like that like yeah. i'll screen james's calls for three weeks straight and then yeah. we'll have a good catch-up but you know like and it's like i almost i feel guilty at times like when you see the phone rings like fuck i can't do this and it's like if i answered every call it's like i would i just don't have the time in the day to do that yeah but it's like also please don't think i'm trying to ignore you yeah not it's not that you that. don't want to talk to them it's that when you pick the phone up you're guaranteed on there for an hour that's right talking shit about stuff you like yeah but it's cost you time when you like yeah yeah I don't it's know. time and place yeah yeah time and you got to be strategic when you get in this sort of game you got to be strategic about it i feel i do feel bad and i think there's been one or two times like when like there was at one stage there and particularly leading up to like busier hunting times like mm. my phone and across all the social media pages we have, like they blow up with messages and mm. there's people wanting advice and like gear and set up and buying things from us. And that's yeah. great. Like that's what we're here for, we're here to help, you know? Yeah. And I remember one day I physically in my, like just my DMs, I, I had, there was over 120 conversations I had with mm. like 120 different individuals, full conversations, not just replies, like full conversations about gear, setups, whatever like this, just yeah. on my own personal page, let alone the brands. Yeah in a 24 hour period and I just, and there was people like sending me personal text messages and I was just ignoring them to get mm. back to everyone. And it got to a point I was, I, I put something up. I was like, Hey guys, like if you're reaching out to me and I'm ignoring you, like I, I apologize. I'm not trying to do it. I'm just swamped at the moment. Yeah. Like I'm trying to do the best I can. Yep. If there's something you really need, obviously I'm here for it. But like, I still do love you all. It's just, I'm trying to prioritize yeah. my time as best I can. Yeah. And things get crazy like that and the good ones understand. Yeah. And the rest just fucking delete. Yeah. Right. I, I have. I've just started just unfollow, delete, block. Anyone that even starts carrying on, I just block. Like, yeah. don't, because even like you try and like swing them around and stuff like that and all you do is spend more time, more energy and then you take it home and you got the shits about it and it's like plays in your brain for ages. Yeah. My personal opinion is I just fucking shit can them and just be done with it. Because yep. if you've even thought that in the first place and you think that I'm that kind of person, then you don't even know me at all. Yeah. Um, my biggest one is like a very similar thing, like because um, I don't have half as many followers or business businesses as you, but I still get pretty well. I've got pretty high engagement, which I think is pretty cool. Like everyone must like the stuff I'm doing, but I get heaps and heaps of messages um, and from friends as well. And then you're doing something and you open it, and then you, you read it respond. just to see if it's like someone's died or it's urgent, like you need help or whatever, and you just check it. Yeah. And then you put it down and because it, you've read it. Seen. It's been seen. And then you forget about it because it's not a fresh, not a freshie. And then you come back and you're like, oh, I'm just going to go through and check everything and clean messages out or whatever. And you open up and you're like, fuck, 
I haven't got back to that person in three weeks, like, yeah. and just said g'day. Um, yeah. yeah, and like you sort of half, I don't, know, I don't know how to fix it to be honest. I try and um, lately I've been trying to sort of, I've distanced myself on social. I'm still active, but I've distanced myself off it for like the the cloudy side of social, mm-hmm. like the bad bad side yeah. of social media. Um, just being silly on there and stuff, and just dedicated like an hour or two a night, and just scheduling posts and um, replying to messages and everything like that. My 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 mantra with it all is create, not consume. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like share your stuff on there, put out what you want to put out, but like. I'll try not to be mind like there's a part of like what I I also need to be current and understanding of what yeah of the market and, and everything out there and just people and the sense of community you know like yeah. and I do try and follow that but also I try not to just mindlessly scroll through social media yeah. just for the sake of it on my personal page at the end of the night you yeah know what I mean like it'll have purpose what I'm yeah. doing a lot of the time like yeah obviously I'll have a scroll or whatever but it's to give me a better understanding or mm. idea of what's happening or whatever and I have my finger on the pulse yeah. of people, you know, like I, I try and engage with our followers as best I can and, mm. you know, like I'll try and speak to people, see what's happening, all that yep. sort of stuff. But as far as like a mindless scroll through just yeah. random reels on Instagram, like I don't do that. Nah. And if I, I find myself doing it, I'm like, ah, stop, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. You know, yep. so that's that's a big thing for me to like create, not consume, you know. Yeah. So I think we get caught up in it a lot. You know, like so many people, man, will just scroll Instagram as opposed to like watching TV or reading a book nowadays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people will scroll Instagram over like, talking to a real human. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going out, and exercising, shit like just that's a shit radical he, concept now, isn't it? Oh man, that's a whole other topic. Actually, I got we should cover that too. I've been um, I'll just sidestep for a second, but like um, studying a heap of like um, Andrew Huberman. Do you follow him no. at all? So he's uh, a like create not consume. <laughs> no, no, he's like he's um, he's a good type of consume, like an educational consume. Um, delves into like um, human like brain chemistry and stuff. Yeah. Um, and like brain states and things like alpha, beta, everything like that. Yeah. Um, and it's shit like you wake up in the morning and you grab your phone and you lay in bed and scroll Instagram or whatever, that it puts your brain in a certain state and releases like micro dopamine hits. So like you subconsciously you just keep scrolling and you're like oh i've been here for 40 fucking minutes that yeah. stuff yeah okay but it um it limits you your alertness and shit for the rest of the day in like an alpha state it's like you bypass alpha state and alpha state's the priming of the brain to sort of i could be talking out of context here i'll probably yeah, get someone okay. to pull me up on it but like um the priming of the brain so like get up in the morning go out and get some sunlight exercise if you can shit like that yeah, so like it's super interesting all that stuff as well. Just like how daily habits can literally dictate how your day yeah. or your month or your year or your whole outlook yeah. is going to look. I went proper down the rabbit hole to try and optimize time, um, like to try and to clean out all the sh- the unnecessary shit in my life, um, and that was one of them. Like I've been doing heaps of reading. I fucking hate reading books, but like spent heaps of time reading books on like mindfulness, motivation why we do what we do, why we think the way we think and even reading shit that's like old, like old, old shit, like what we, who we were 50, 100 years ago and why we thought the way we did and everything like that. Did you find that helped? Heaps, heaps. I've cleaned up like I never thought – I used to hate like routine but it's super necessary within reason, um, like a good solid routine and like just simple shit like optimising your sleep 
um, optimizing. Big fan of that. Yeah, optimizing. Yeah, like because I was off sleep. Because when I started this, I was like, no fucking sleep. Yeah, um, hustling only and all like you know hustlers mentality shit, um, which is fine. Like I still have times where like I've got to grind and I can't afford to sleep right now enough, so I've just got to put in the work. But then I'll like have a day a bit quieter and I'll just cruise and like try and recover a bit. Um, but yeah, like optimizing sleep and getting the most out of your day, like exercising well, eating well, all that. So I've always eaten well and I've always exercised, so it hasn't been too hard. But um, doing it strategically. Um, and then, yeah, sleep was a big one. Um, deep sleep. So I end up REM doing sleep. Like REM sleep. Oh, REM's dream, isn't it? Yeah. That, that's your rapid eye movement sleep. Yeah. Where that's basically where your body's recovering at a cellular yeah. level. Yeah. You need, um, you need a minimum of 45 to 50 minutes, 45 or 50 minutes deep sleep yeah. a night too. Yeah. Um, and that's what I wasn't getting. So I was like waking up constantly fucked, um, partially because of like, blue light at night time and shit like that cortisol levels yeah all that sort of stuff yeah so you've been reading too yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so um yeah like got a supplement company bro yeah <laughs> yeah well you need to know <laughs> true true even just simple shit like um uh i've been preaching about it a little bit a, a book called atomic habits yeah i've seen that highly recommend yeah okay. it's um about i'm actually not a reader i mean i should be me neither force yourself yeah. spend like go go instead of like when you get to bed, just do 10 minutes yeah. and it ends up becoming routine um, and you end up getting through a book pretty quick. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a super fast reader. Like it's, yeah. So, yeah, it wouldn't be hard for me but it is something like over the past couple of weeks I've been saying I need to start, I need to read books, I need to do yeah. this, you know, just to sort of I level up. St- I strongly dislike it but I force myself to do it. Yeah. Um, and that book's about like small incremental changes. Yeah. So whoever gets home first from the gym of a night because I train – jits or MMA or boxing and shit and I don't get home till like 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. As soon as I get home, I turn, I've got a section of lights in my house that are set just to warm settings, like super warm. So I turn them on, turn all the white yep. or blue light off, off and just have like floor lamps and shit around the house and I just operate in that fully like to the point where I've turned my shower light right down to warm, super warm and have a shower at nighttime like late. Sounds pretty romantic, bro. It's fucking wild, eh? It's wild. You'll feel all sorts of things if you come and visit. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's funny with that sleep optimization. That's something I'm really big on as well. Yeah. Because like you say, you want to be like you were talking, you want to hustle for like 18 hours a day Mm. or whatever, or you want to work to your optimum. It's like you physically can't work to your optimum if your brain's not working. If your brain is a potato, you're producing shit, basically. I got to the point where I was like seeing things, you know, like full – army spec sleep depth like yeah um full like in the middle of the night like thinking there's fucking shit editing mostly yeah. editing videos and sitting there like um thinking that fucking seeing things out the window and all sorts of weird shit and getting to the point where i'm like going to tie my shoes in the morning i'm like how do i tie my shoes yeah and i'm like whoa like yeah. verging on burnout or poor like yeah so I, from i'm it. massive on getting proper sleep man. yeah you know like i'll try and prioritize to get a minimum of seven hours of sleep eight hours sleep if i can every night because the difference is is night and day whether it's your energy your mood your total yep. power output for the day your cognitive function yep you are a different human when you have proper and good sleep you know um like one of our um, supplements that we do with primabolics it's called restore yep and like i'm not i'm not like my business partner will that i can rattle off the whole chemical breakdown everything like mm. that but basically 
Restore is just all herbs and adaptogens. Like it's a natural product and it is designed to modulate cortisol levels and cortisol mm. is your body's stress response yep. hormone. And that's pretty much what keeps you awake at night. Yeah. And stress can be factors whether it's physically physical stress or mental stress. So does it promote melatonin as well? Or like does it – because I know cortisone, uh, cortisol cancels out melatonin production doesn't it? i'm going to say yes but also don't get me too technical on me this. neither i could be talking at my ass um, but i think it does i've got a yeah. funny feeling i read about but it basically it modulating your body's cortisol levels right so if your cortisol levels are elevated and this goes back to like primitive times right so you're in a state of stress you're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger yeah. right you're stressed as fuck and you go to sleep in a cave your body is in it's stressed your cortisol levels are through the roof you're stressed your body's mm. in flight or fight mode you go to sleep, right? Your body's not going to want you to go into a deep sleep because you need to be able to wake up at the drop and, of a hat. And run like fuck, yeah. Yeah, at any noise or anything like that. So you're just going to go into light sleep. So if you enter or go to sleep whilst you're stressed and those cortisol mm -hmm. levels up, you're not going to go into deep sleep or REM sleep. You're just going to go in and out of light sleep mm -hmm. and you're not going to really... Restore yourself. Yeah, you're not going to restore yourself. You're not going to wake up with energy. You're going to lay there and just not die. Yeah. essentially so that's that's what it's linked to back in the primitive days so yeah like if you're stressed out and modern life man like it's stressful in all facets yeah it doesn't have to it can be mental or physical yeah you're going to bed when you're stressed you're not going to be getting that restorative sleep which is what you need um and like if you're if you're not getting proper sleep man that's like carcinogenic like that is you die from that, it that is yeah, proven yeah. to give you cancer you yeah know? like over the years like if you're if your body's not fixing itself at a cellular level whilst you're sleeping, mm -hmm. which is that's what it does, you're going to die young. Yeah. You know, and also you're not going to get the most out of your days when you are awake. Mm -hmm. Like the difference for me is night and day, like restores just capsules I take before bed. Mm. And I used to be the lightest sleeper man, like a moth would fly past down yep. the street and I'd, I'd wake up, you know, yep. like I'd toss and turn all night and like I'd be in and out of sleep. With these men, I'll have eight hours of deep sleep and wake up before my alarm ready to go. Yep. And if I don't take them, it's like, fuck! I'll get up in the night and take them, you know, because like, yep. I'm not a good sleeper. You yeah. Know? Um, and the difference is night and day. But that's one thing I really prioritize and like I, I really urge a lot of people to do is like prioritize your sleep because mm. – you're going to be a better person for it. 100%. You know, you might, yeah, you might lose an hour because you sleep more, but you might be four times more productive yeah. for the eight hours you do work. And yep. it's just, and you'll feel better and you'll live longer. Mm. Why not? I reckon 100% onto it. And I, um, I recommend like people fully do, like start studying their sleep. Because you think, oh, I was in bed and I was asleep for eight hours. Just because your eyes are closed doesn't yeah, mean, doesn't mean shit. Yeah. I reckon like go and buy, even if you can't like afford a high-end watch, go and buy like a fucking one of them Fitbit, Fitbit bands, like yeah. the cheap $89 non, $90 ones with the app and shit that can do full sleep tracking. Get that because that's what did it for me. I got um, a Garmin watch and I started looking at my sleep and I was getting like really poor deep sleep. So then I started obviously researching because I'm just like that. Down the rabbit hole I went and – I ended up getting a sleep study, like a sleep apnea test done, strapped all that bullshit to me and went, had a night's sleep. Um, and I've never been a good sleeper anyway because of combat sports. Like I can't breathe through one of my nostrils. I've got a narrow palate yeah. and fucking scar tissue everywhere and all sorts of bullshit goes on. So I think I have um, like breathing issues. Yeah. So like there's points there where I was stopping to breathe in the night time, which obviously restricts blood flow to the brain. And then your brain goes, fuck, I need to breathe. Hit you with a big shot of adrenaline. You don't wake up, but hit you with a shot of adrenaline. And then you like cough or like go <gasps> yeah and then that adrenaline takes spot, you out of your deep sleep yeah it takes you out of your deep sleep so yeah all that sort of shit was happening so then i was like um i'm trying to avoid i haven't got bad sleep apnea i've got like really mild stuff 
So they're like, oh, you can try and optimize your lifestyle or you can just go straight on a CPAP machine. And I was like, well, yeah, I may as well try and optimize my yeah, fucking lifestyle first. Things that are in your control. Yeah. So obviously like I do, I've fucking got a proper mattress study done. Fuck my mattress off. Got a new mattress, new pillows, then all that warm light shit and then spent like, because I get home at like 9.30, 10 o'clock, I try and like, it's not ideal, but I have to eat to obviously recover properly. Yeah. Muscular recovery. So, um, you die if you don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. I try not to go to bed on a full stomach, but what the way I train, I sort of have to. So I like eat a reasonably lean meal and then having like a 45 minutes an hour wind down um, to fully get like um, melatonin build up before yep. I go to sleep. And I found like that made a huge difference in my sleep. And I like, I get like a minimum 45 minutes now, a night of deep sleep and like- I thought you were going to say minimum 45 minutes sleep. Oh, no. <laughs> there's been nights, but nah. Um, yeah, of good like quality sleep and I wake up feeling a lot better. Yeah. Every now and then I have nights where it's a bit fucked up or like um, alcohol is a bad one. Like people think like alcohol- It is poison, bro. It's fucking bad. Literally bad. is poison. Yeah. I like, a beer, I like as much beer as the next bike, but drinking, I don't, I barely drink much anymore at all. And- um, I don't drink on during the week or anything like that, but um, that is one thing I will tell people is like having beers and thinking or whatever alcohol you want and thinking that it makes you tired and makes you want to sleep. It puts you to sleep, yeah. But it gives you, and then your body has to process alcohol as opposed to prioritizing your sleep <laughs> yes. for four hours, and then you'll get a couple hours sleep. Hundred percent, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, ca caffeine's another one because um, I'm a fucking coffee nut. Um, I quit coffee after twelve p.m. Yep. Um, and even because I'm, I'm a person I can have a cup of coffee and I can go to sleep half an hour later. It doesn't bother me at all. But the, again, the quality of the sleep yeah. was affected. So I, like I quit coffee after 12, caffeine after yeah. 12. Well, that's the, caffeine is a major catalyst for increasing your cortisol levels. Yeah. It's a stimul it stimulates your central nervous system. Yeah. You know, so like if you're having those, having caffeine, coffee, Red Bulls, whatever it is, like later in the day, you're obviously stimulating your central nervous system, you're elevating that cortisol levels mm. and your body doesn't have as long to regulate that back down before you're going to bed. Yeah. And getting yourself in that amped up state going to sleep. Yeah. 100%. 100%. How many coffees a day would you drink? Normally? Used to fuck five to seven cups with his terrible yeah so that's like 420 to 500 megs of half a meg of caffeine yeah, a day terrible. So it's about 80 milligrams of caffeine yeah to the point where it's like toxic for your body just about and then i've yeah. gone back to like two cups now yeah i have a double shot in the morning and then so three technically if you're yeah. technical about it. so two to three cups a day but all before 12 i have, I have one like as soon as I get up and I normally go for a run, do some sort of exercise. Yeah. But you're pretty active as well. Like there's Heaps, a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. Like there's a difference between sedentary and being active yeah. as well with what you're putting in your body. Like, yeah. Have you found exercise helps heaps? Massively. Like, yeah. Mate, I, it helps with everything. I sleep better when I do exercise. Yeah, of course you do. Of course yeah. you do. Like I, I think exercising and just being fit and healthy makes you feel so much better as a human mm. as if you don't like i was only speaking to someone the other day sort of giving them a hand with a bit of like diet advice and exercise just wanting to lose a bit of weight and they were commenting they're like man i've only just started doing this the last couple of weeks but they're like i've got so much more energy i've never had this mm. much energy in my life and i'm doing more and it's like yeah mm. man like wait till you like really get into it you'll feel mm. way better you're training your body out of the being a fucking sloth yeah and, and it's like oh i like this I, I find that if i if i sort of slack off it for a while i feel like shit if i'm not pushing mm. myself on a regular basis i feel crap yeah i, I lose motivation i feel sluggish and mm. you just lose your mojo i guess and when you when you're pushing yourself doing all those things being active 
it's your body is just so much better off for it and also i think your brain as well like that yeah um mental side of things is so much clearer for you you know it's just it's just so so many positives to being an active person that aren't just physical health related you know it's like that mental health side of things tenfold like we see so many people struggling with mental health it's like have you tried going for a fucking walk yeah have you tried just fixing your diet a little bit and you might find a lot of your problems will disappear yeah 100 in the in the modern society we got unfortunately we're seeing a lot more of that yeah and it's like a lot of it and like this is obviously there's people with problems whatever but a lot of basal issues can Mm. be fixed with general health yeah (laughs) prioritize simple simple decisions Drink Even more water, sleep better, do some exercise. Hydration is a huge, huge, huge one. People don't realize like how much of a fuel it is yeah. for, for like the mental alertness for- Fuels like, your brain, man. Yeah. And we're made up of 70% water. Yeah. People forget that, hey. Like yeah. I, I have a really, that's another routine thing that I added in is like I have a two liter water bottle beside my bed every night full. I have a fairly decent swig to a point where like I've got it sort of worked out where I don't piss myself and yeah. have to wake up in the middle of the night and break my sleep and go piss. But I have a decent swig in the nighttime and then in the morning before I do anything, I have to drink that water. Yeah. So okay. I, I take that bottle and I walk outside and I think that, I don't know about the sunlight thing. I haven't been able to confirm whether it's a real thing or not, but apparently like in immediate like um, when your body's starting to wind up through alpha state, going out getting immediate sunlight it's, it's sunlight on your pineal gland yeah right yeah. You, there you go yeah. so that's yeah, so sunlight on your pineal gland basically encourages your body to wake up and will start producing cortisol which is yeah energy production within your body so that's in your eye yeah it's called your pineal gland and basically sunlight on that your pineal gland regulates like daylight and nighttime so yeah. once it gets dark it'll elevate those melatonin levels and everything like that yeah drop serotonin levels and vice versa so which is what the blue light problem was yes it's like yeah at that's nighttime right. you're looking at your phone you're like your body's saying oh time to wake up that's right yeah you're looking and your body's saying oh well the sun's out we can't be going to bed just yet it's not yeah. time yeah so that's exactly what that's linked to yeah so i started doing that and then i'm forced myself to drink that water and then once i do that which i so it feels a bit shit like going for a run after it but yeah. um i put shoes on go for a run or exercise of some description yeah yeah and it's fucking helped me immensely i always it? try and drink a liter of water fairly soon when i wake up yeah. in the morning because i know like your body's dehydrated when you wake up yeah and I, i'll try and drink a fair bit of fluids in the morning i'm not nothing to that level but that's something i do as well like i'll try and drink a liter of water sort of like fairly immediately yeah. in the morning and i find it definitely does help yeah. you know i had to commit to like just force myself to do it like to go out and just just do that because yeah. I'd like I'd sip it and I'd put it down and then I'd go for a run and I'd come back and I'd forget about it and then I'd eat breakfast and then I'd still be sitting there on the bench before I went to work or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, I got really strict with everything, and I think it'll and end up getting to a point. You know, when you like develop a habit, and it'll get to a point where I just do it it's without having to think about it. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's like too much water. Probably is, but I'm like, seems to be working so far. So yeah, whatever works for you, man. Yeah. What do you like on um simple carbohydrates like? fucking breads and shit um i will eat them i try not to yeah um but i'm the type of person like my output will always be high yeah you know so like i'll train seven days a week and if i'm not at the gym it means i've gone hunting in the mountains for two or three yeah. days which is one of the most physically Eating taxing tins things. Of tuna. <laughs> it, one of the most physical taxing things you can do you know yeah. so um i do try and eat well i try and monitor what i'm putting in my body but yep. i also won't shy away from foods that taste good when the time's yeah. there you know what i mean but you like still have man, to be able to live like yeah like man like i i wouldn't have a 
like up until like it's just being Christmas, you know. Yeah. Like it's like the fourth of January or something. Like fuck, I had so many sandwiches over yeah. the last week. But before that, I wouldn't have had a slice of bread in fucking two months. Yeah. You know, and I didn't miss it or anything like that. I wasn't no. starving myself from it. It just wasn't part of my daily diet. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, like I, I I do eat well, but also like I don't shy away from it. Like if I go out for dinner, it's like yeah, I'm putting my hand up for this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, hundred um, percent. You still got to you still got to eat that. It's like eating now is a social thing too. Like yeah, it's not like eat to survive anymore yeah not for we eat to feel good yeah like i'm talking about like first world society here like obviously there's other countries that are doing a lot tougher but for us like um yeah it's not it's not a super necessary thing of survival you eat we eat way more than what we actually have to yeah 100 percent. and um yeah it's more like a social thing it's a pleasure thing yeah yeah Yeah. 100 percent. do you find um how are you with may as well stay on diet or exercise like people that are like can't fucking control themselves like yeah, i find a lot of people like i'll buy a block of chocolate and i'll put it in the fridge and i'll have it as a reward those people fuck up all the time whereas you just shouldn't buy the shit don't yeah. buy it and then you go fuck i've had a good week this week and i'm walking past 7-eleven whatever the fuck i'm gonna go buy a chocolate bar sweet as yeah and then you eat the chocolate bar and then you get home and there's no no more fucking chocolate yeah same as like people that have they have one beer and they gotta have six yeah like how do you find or what could you say to them? And I don't I don't have the answer, but like what could you say to them to like to to like quit that shit, basically? Uh, I think for me, like it's I just don't buy the things that I know will lead to that. I yeah. guess like if like Do you think they don't want it as bad? Like uh, they don't they say they want it, but they don't actually want it that bad. I think bad. it's just almost habit as well and it's your yeah. brain going I need this because it's there and this is what I do like with me like uh, I don't know it's funny like I am a sweet tooth and mm. I will eat things but I don't eat it as a treat or to reward myself or anything mm. like that I think I'm in the state that if I want something I'll have it but mm. I also know the implications of it yeah and I but I also know before I've even had that I've definitively earned that with the amount of output I've done yeah. that week um, so I think, I think it depends on what situation you're in. Like yeah. you're training, you're exercising, you're doing everything. You know, it's not really going to hurt you nah. when your output is that high. And I don't think you, me personally, I don't see it as a reward or anything. It's just, mm. I'm having this because I want it and I can, Yeah, it will fit in my diet. It's not going to make me unhealthy. It's not going to do anything like that. But when I think you put it on a pedestal as a reward or something. It's yeah. like something that you're craving so bad. It's like, I, I want this and then you want more and more and more because it is a reward and I think that's a very slippery slope. 100%. I just one more slice, just one more slice or whatever. Next thing you've eaten a whole block of chocolate. Yeah. So every time you get a block of chocolate, you got to eat the whole thing, mm. you know. So I don't know. It's a hard one. I think it's very independent of on the person that's yeah. doing it and the, their mindset as to why they're eating yeah. it as well. I think it's in general, it's, it's breaking that habit thing too, those small incremental changes. Again, like yeah. just don't buy it. Yeah, no, that's it. the easiest part. Just don't have the shit in your house to eat and yeah. then you can't physically eat it. Yeah. You might have cravings for an hour, but go to bed. Yeah, 100%. Just have a gut full of water and go to bed. Yeah, or like, a couple of big breaths, have yeah. sleep. If you, can't, if you can't control yourself like walking it through, I'm talking to people who live in cities, so it's a bit, bit one-dimensional, but like, if you're in a city and you're like, instead of walking through fucking Woolies and you walk past the chocolate line, you always throw a bag of chips and block a chocolate in, order online, get it delivered to your house. Yeah. Like that's just an example but and pretty small amount of people but still, like things like that, 
simple, small changes that cost nothing. Yeah, but I, th- I also think on the flip side of that as well, man, it's like just fucking have a lifestyle that you can do that. Yeah. Like just do a bit more. Like uh, like what I see with a lot of people like trying to lose weight or anything mm. like that, they're always trying to cut back their calories. It's like fucking increase your output. Yeah. Do more. Yeah. Do more and eat more. You'll feel better about yourself. You'll have mm. a higher base of muscle on your body as well. And you're going to feel better and you're going to look better. Yeah. Don't starve yourself. Give yourself more fuel and physically do more. Yeah. That's the, to me, that's the better approach. 100%. Do and, more and, and not up eat at, less. Yeah. End up at like just focus on calorie deficit. Yeah. There's a million apps you can put in now that you can find nearly any fucking packeted food you can buy anywhere. Oh, literally a, everything. Yeah. yeah. And do a calorie count. But also I think one of the things, and this is something particular that I've seen from the supplement side of things is, Will does a lot of seminars, right? And one of the major things that people struggle with with losing weight is they undereat mm. and they're starving their body. So therefore their body is physically holding on to every single calorie yeah. it gets and it's not wanting to let go and it's slowing that metabolism down. It's yeah. like you're just running in limp mode. Whereas if you're giving your body the appropriate fuel you need and your body's firing on all cylinders, yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm getting energy, let's go. Let's yep. burn calories. Your metabolism's working as yeah. it should be. That's a big problem in society is 100%. people physically undereat. Like you speak to a lot of people, they go, oh, I skip breakfast, I have a coffee, then I'll have um, a packet of chips for lunch and then for dinner I'll have um, a fucking chicken nugget and a piece of broccoli and it's yeah. like you've had a bit. But then your, your energy levels are like, I'm doing it by hand, but like up, down, up, down, up, yeah. down. And like that's where you get those Arvo lulls like at 2, 2 p.m., 3 p.m., those lulls after lunch and you're like, fuck, I feel like dog shit. And you like, oh, I'll have a coffee. And then that, obviously, the chain reaction, like you get poor sleep that night and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Or you have a massive fucking dinner and you're holding all that shit in your guts because you're starving. You're holding all that shit in your guts and you go to bed. And have a shit sleep. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. Like it's all um, it's all linked. I yeah. Think. And I think as a society, man, like I think we're very undereducated on our bodies and like what we need yeah. to do to operate efficiently. efficiently. Like people who go and get like medical advice about like losing weight from doctors and that, like – and this is I've seen fat doctors man like but like they get fuck all training on nutrition and the body Mm. and everything like that like yes they're medical doctors but as far as like nutrition and things Mm. like that and hormonal things like they're not very advanced to where they should be in this modern society and what they know you know yeah Um, so I think that's a big thing as well I think um, and you can go like by general rules of thumb because everything's it's super personalised so like what works for you might not necessarily work for me even like you could have a twin brother and you could be completely different about how like what your input, output, intake is and all that sort of stuff. But um, one big thing that I've sort of focused on is like clean food. So like not heavily processed stuff. So like try and go as, as least processed as, as Little possible. Little amount of barcodes in as yeah. possible. So like obviously you've got fruit and vegetables and shit like that. Wash the fucking pesticides off them and eat them. That's as clean as it comes within reason. Um and then, yeah, like meats and things, be smart about where you buy it from or what it is so it's not full of jack full of steroids and nonsense. Yeah. Um, whole grains and stay away from like processed sugars. Yeah, the less processing in it, the better. Yeah. Like it's pretty simple. Saturated fat or trans fats and shit, salt and sugar. Yeah. Like look at the back of the fucking packet and it's got shit tons of that. Avoid it yeah. the best you can because there's always sugar or salt in something. But yeah. Yeah, and I think like you're on track at least yeah for sure it's it's not hard to like 
live within reasonably healthy mm. confines these days. So like it's not hard, but nah. it's easy not to. Oh, it's way easier not to. Yeah. Because, well, what's a fucking, I don't even know. What's a Macca's burger cost? Four know. bucks, some shit. Yeah. Five. Well, here's the thing though as well, right? So I was speaking to someone the other day. I was like, what do you have for breakfast? And they're like, I have a bowl of cereal. Send me a photo of the packet. It's 20% sugar. Yeah. I was like, you're literally eating 20% sugar for breakfast. Mm. And he's like, wow, when you say it like that, that's fucked. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man. But you think because it's got dried fruit and nuts and some whole grains and shit in it, it's yeah. healthy. Like, it doesn't count. I argue with people that flat out, man. People think that, oh, it's got this in it, so this doesn't matter. It doesn't cancel itself no. out, you fucking clowns. Yeah. It doesn't do it. Yeah. And people don't realize like um, dried fruits and shit, they're good for you to a degree. But, but they are sugar. Full of sugar. Sugar is sugar at the end of the day. Yeah, because they've fermented themselves right down. Yeah, yes, there's differences in like refined sugars and where it comes yeah. from and everything like that. But at the end of the day, your body is still processing sugar. Yeah. Calories from yeah. sugar. Yeah. You know. I think it's just like what's fruit like more like a more broken down. Or and it has like more a, macronutrients yeah, in it as well. Like there is shit. positive to it. But like if you're eating 20 grams of sugar, you're eating 20 grams of sugar. Yeah. You can't get around that. No. Nah, you know. 100%. So. Oats, man. That's oats, it. oats are the money. Oats, <laughs> oats and blueberries, a little bit of honey if you're keen, and that's it. My my go-to is oats, two bananas, two scoops of protein, sometimes some frozen berries in there in, in a, a shake. shake. Every morning. <laughs> yep. It's like perfect. Yep. So good. So good. Do you fast? No, nah, not really. I, I do every now and then. Uh, I From boxing and stuff, I've cut weight and done lots of stuff, so I'm pretty savvy with how, like what I need to do to cut and what time and stuff, but I started fasting. Oh. I don't do it as much anymore. What period of fasting are you doing? 16 hours or? 16 and 8. So 16, 16 off, 8 on. Yep. Um, I've done bigger ones, but I found that was just like the mo- the minimum to hit. I tell you, I have been dabbling in it a little bit of late. Yeah. Like I just w- I'll wake up and I won't eat till 2 p.m. or something like that. And yeah. I do that like once every fortnight or something like that. And I yeah. do find I feel better for it. Yeah. And I know there is a lot of underlying benefits to mm. that for your gut health and, and yeah. things like that. But. It's something I probably want to do a little bit more. It's just I haven't done it, but it is something I am aware of. Yeah. And like I'm also not feeding myself from sun up to sundown either. Nah. That's nah. a big one. So I am cognizant of it. Yeah. I um I started it because like um I just for the, I just started reading about it. you know when it started to become like people started talking about it. I was yeah. like, Oh, I'll see what it's about. Um and to be honest, like it's dog shit for like a week or two. Yeah. Awful. Because I think your body's just not used to it. And it all, all depends on your metabolism as well. Yeah, 100%. Because I was exercising too, which hurt. Yeah. But then most of my exercises started at nighttime. Then like I changed all my routine around and then started doing my nighttime. So like I'd eat my dinner at 4 p.m., which was when my fast would end or whatever yeah. it was. And then I'd train. So I was energized um, and then stop eating in the morning or whatever. Or like Because sleep counts as a f- part of the fast as well. So it ended up like being like felt like felt really clean. Yeah. Um, yeah. I sort of I don't know. Then I started doing like sometimes I'd train two or three times a day, all that sort of stuff, and got like right into it. And then I couldn't I couldn't fast because I was like exerting too much energy and I was just flat. Yeah. When I was training, so then I started like obviously having the I like do you do you eat like big meals a day or do you I have like five or six. <sighs> I go through stages, man. Like yeah. sometimes I'll have three big meals. Other times I'll have five smaller meals. Like yeah. I don't have that much structure with it to be honest. Yeah. Well, and it comes down to the same thing that you were saying. It's like, you know, you're burning like in two and a half thousand calories a day or whatever, training or whatever you're doing yeah. um, that, you know, you can't input enough to have for it to do be detrimental anyway. Yeah. And as if you eat clean enough 
and then training off. It's like, yeah, it's pretty clean cut. Yeah. People make it out like it's a big hard thing, but it's not that hard. No, it's not. I, I know within myself where I'm at, regardless. I like, I've never tracked a calorie in my life. I've nah. never, never done anything like that. I've never been on a diet as such or anything yeah. in my life. I'll just, you know, in yourself where you're at, yeah. up and down, you know. You know when you feel good and you feel bad. And you can, if you're clear about it, you can think back and figure out what it was. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Most so, of the time. When I'm hunting, like, in winter when I'm hunting a mm. lot, like that's when I know like I burn a lot more calories. Because um, you're so, cold, because your body's trying and, to warm And yourself. just walking a lot more. Yeah, true. Like, yeah. Doing a lot more cardio there. Um, it's funny, like I was hearing you saying, like I go for runs and stuff. Like like I'd like to classify, my, classify myself as being like a fit person. Mm. Like I'd put myself right up there. Yeah. Like when I go for a hunt, like if you're going yep. to match it with me step for step, you're doing yeah. well. Yeah. Dude, no cardio, bro. Yeah. Like none. Yep. None. It's because it's because it's the match fitness thing, man. It you're you're exercising specifically for the yeah. purpose of what you're trying to it's be fit so for. Hard to replicate. Impossible. To so replicate. hard to replicate. Like the only thing that comes close to it that I will do is I'll do the stair machine at the gym. Yeah. So for those of you who know what a stair machine is, it's a fucked piece of equipment. Like yep. It's the hardest cardio you can do in the gym. And I'll get on that and I'll put a put one of my backpacks on and I'll put a yep. 15 or a 20 kilo weight in the back and do it like that. And that like simulates walking yep. up and down mountains. That's if I've got some big hunts coming up or whatever or I haven't been hunting much, I will do that. Yep. But to replicate it, like I could go for a run and like most people would smoke me. Like yeah. just doing a... Five or ten k run, you know yeah. what I mean. Have like, you seen some of Aiden's times? Yeah, he's ridiculous, a freak. man. He's a freak. He's basically sprinting for five kilometers. Yeah, almost. he's a freak. <laughs> Insane. But like, yeah, in the mountains, it's like, yeah, let's go for a walk. I'll, you watch me. You'll be behind me the whole time. Yeah, you know, and it's just it's so different, like walking them mountains with a heavy pack on mm. type thing. And I think it's just what I'm conditioned to do. And yeah. replicating that is like it's applicable, and because you do it frequently enough. But it's I think a, a lot of it because it's such it's like steady state as well. Like mm. it's just one foot after a consistent. the other. It's like it's mental. Yeah. Like it's so it's such a mental grind, you know what I mean? Like it's just mm. you've got to be uncomfortable in it, but you're not gonna die. Yeah. That's nah. my mantra, you yeah. know. Like Um I agree hundred percent. I um I enjoy running. It's I my don't. think it don't you? I fucking hate I, it. It's my thinking time, eh? Hey? I love it. It's rubbish. Um, <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> I tell you what, mate, like I'll, I'll respectfully disagree with the stair machine. Oh, maybe not with a pack on, I suppose. That's probably different. I'll respectfully disagree with the stair machine. And you can say assault bike, can't you? Man, they're filth. Yeah, they are. They're yeah. filth. They are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 20 on, 10 off, and you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, they are brutal. We'll give you that. We'll give you that. But like normal cardio, walking yeah. cardio, yep. can't beat a stair machine, man. Can't nah. beat it. They, nah. are, they are brutal. Like, and they're always free. No one uses them. No. <laughs> they're always free there's always free assault bikes too yeah I do a lot of um, I don't do a lot of like lifting traditional lifting shit yep. I do like dynamic stuff kettlebells yeah um, like chin ups with weights and shit like that um, battle ropes all that sort of functional stuff um, and then yeah assault bikes and bits and pieces I like polar opposite hey you and me with exercise yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I, can, I can tell you're like a bench press fucker yeah fucking love <laughs> But also, like, I think I'm, like, very functional with it as well. Oh, 100%. With what I'm like. I'll probably have to start doing it now that I'm going to get into this bow hunting stuff. A little bit. It's funny, like, you look at people like CrossFit's more functional and everything like that with the, mm. the movements and everything. But, like, to physically be better at CrossFit, you need to do, like, bodybuilding style exercises yeah. to build the strength to do that. 100%. Like, it's kind of so strange, hey? Yeah. Well, that's what, like, I, I think of it as, like, um, I reference bow hunting then like, okay, I'll go and do it up north. 
most of the ground's flat. And I go, oh, you, I get an invite from one of you cunts to go, oh, let's go to New Zealand. Yeah, get I'm ready like, to die. Yeah, or we, or we, yeah, we go and shoot an elk or whatever, whatever it is, and then we've got to pack it out. Like I've got to be able to pick that shit up mm. and carry it um, for a long period of time. Like I think feel like that's where like weightlifting and stuff like that and strengthening core muscles yeah. like that you need is like valuable. It makes I, sense. I think I think so to an extent, but like it's all your mindset, man. Yeah. Honestly, like I train I train like my fitness to bash people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like if you've got the mindset, like I think the hardest thing with hunting the mountains, man, is the t- the terrain with temperature. Yeah. Like harsh terrain with cold temperatures, like it's a shit place to be in. Yeah. Like it's unforgiving, it's harsh. You can hear that sleety mist rain. It's uncomfortable, nonsense. it's mm. slippery, it's like it's not it's not you're not meant to be there, you know. But having a good mindset is what what will get you through, you know. Yeah. Like I've been in some in some hunts and it's just you hate it. Yeah. Like it's yeah, obviously being up north is hot and everything like that and it, it's very uncomfortable, but the ground's flat. Yeah. Like one step is one step. Yeah. You know? Like in the mountains, man, whether you've got to cross down into a gully up another ridge and it's like mm. up and down, up and down, and it's slippery, you're falling over, you can't feel your fingers, like it's minus eight degrees in the middle of winter or whatever, and you've got to sit out there and glass all day. Yeah. You know, and just literally just stare at the side of a mountain in just these shithouse conditions. <laughs> and like when I'm doing it at the time, like half the time it's like, why am I here? Yeah. Like you, you hate you hate it at the time. Like it sucks at the time. Mm. But you have to you remove yourself from that and you go, I really love this. Cause the moment you step back, mm. you step off that mountain and you get back into your creature comforts, yep. you get back into your home, whatever you, you go. You just want to get outside again. And you go, I want to go back out there and do that again. So yeah. you have to like think of it with that mindset. Yeah. And it all becomes okay. And you sort of embrace that suck. Yeah. But like embrace yeah, the suck. Where'd that come from? Oh, some someone's some everyone says it. yeah embrace the suck yeah that's actually a thing but yeah man like it's i know it's it's not for everyone hunting the mountains like it's it's hard man like yeah. it's hard going you know like um particularly like i chase a lot of boars around and a lot of people don't rate them um mm. and i think they're a bit naive for doing that because people say oh they're just a pig they're not very smart it's like well, actually no they're probably smarter than those deer that you literally call into five yards during the rut mm. you know it's like you get like you look on social media, right? And I'll probably get roasted for this, but how many big deer do you see get shot in the rut every year? Fucking heaps. How many proper big boars do you get see get shot out of the mountains in winter? Fuck all. Yeah. But they're there. Yeah. They're there. It's just you can't call them in. They don't have set habits. No. They're on the move all the time. They it's normally in, poor light. Yeah. They live in the shittest conditions. They're nocturnal. So mm. you get like these tiny little windows no, I'm not, I'm not giving you a trigger. I'm just scratching my head. And they're, and they're, <laughs> and they're super hard to find, you yeah. know? So it's like I look at that and it's like to me, like that's the ultimate challenge, you know? Like yeah. With a deer, it's like he's gonna he's in a gully grunting. Oh, there he is. Yes, yeah. hard to hunt still obviously, but like mm. like Keith, the big buck that you can see on the wall that, mm. that we shot with James this year, Um, that was a hard hunt and everything, but he's, he's there going, hey, I'm here, motherfuckers. Yeah. This is where I'm at, like. Unless you get rutting pigs, which is very – it's not rare, but it's its like yeah. not common. They don't give themselves up, mm. you know. So, like, finding them is half the battle. They're always on the move and they've just got so many factors that work against you as a hunter yeah. to hunt them that, to me, that makes them, like, the ultimate animal in the hills. And yep. they're tough as shit as well. Like, you have to hit them so good. Yeah. You know, like, 
the difference between an 80 kilo boar and a 100 kilo boar mm. when you're hunting him is night and day. Like they're yeah. two di- different beasts altogether. Like those proper big mountain boars. Old ones with the big pads, man. And yeah. you can fit your hand up under their like, yeah, elbow. Yeah, 100%. Oh, and like, like a rhino. Like I've seen like some boars get hit and lost. And it's like if that was like a normal sized pig, you would have got him back from that shot. But those like big old boars, like they are so tough, man. You have to do everything perfect to get them back yeah. like, in that unforgiving country. Yeah. You excited to go for a walk in the mountains one day? Man, I'm hell keen. I'm helping. You're going to pick your bow up here tomorrow. We're, I do. Fixing it up. I'm looking forward to it, eh? Um, I, that one hunt I did with Aiden was the tipping point. Like, I've always been interested in it, but I've been, I've had so many other stuff, much other stuff. And, like, obviously, I'm a fisherman, like, diehard fisherman. So it's always been off to the side. I've always enjoyed hunting. It was yeah. always fishing and a bit of hunting. And I used to hunt, I've hunted with rifle and I've hunted with dogs and shit for pigs and all that, but never proper bow hunted. Shot bows, but never proper hunted. And then got to meet the twins. And, um, Who's the favourite? Oh, and why is it James? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't pick one, hey? Because like, he's better looking. That's all I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> he's got bigger pecs than Aiden. He does. <laughs> Aiden looks like the Liver King. The, the Liver King. Haven't you seen the Liver King? No. I'll that? have to show you later. Everyone well, knows Liver King. Right. <laughs> to suss it. <laughs> yeah, and I got, a, I got, a, I didn't invite me out for a hunt, and that just set it in concrete for me because it was just like so out of our depth. Like, you don't realize how disconnected humans are from nature until you're actually out in nature, and you've got to take into account like hunting with rifle and shit from 150, 200 yards is complete. It's not even, not even relatable. I don't you think. call it shooting with a rifle if you want. Shoot. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. That's a probably yeah. It's completely different. It's yeah. not even comparable at all. In my opinion, it's not anyway. Um, and then hunting with dogs, the dogs pretty much do all the work. It's different. Um, again, but bows is like it's intimate, man. And you're taking into account like wind, noise, birds, man. Birds like they fuck you up so much. Bad, yeah. real bad. Little apostle birds, and they follow you around. Yeah, and like. Tell every so for people who don't know, like you'll have apostle birds. Happy jacks, whatever you call yeah, them, yeah. Flying around, alarming, letting all the other animals know. And if you're not knowing what they're doing, you're just going to walk around unbeknownst that these birds are following you around yeah. going, hey, dear, there's a fuckwit below me walking yeah. around. Run away. Yeah, you've literally got to just sit there and wait till they fuck off. Yep. It, like that sort of stuff was like, I was like, holy, this is awesome. So man. many layers to bow hunting. Yeah. So many layers. Yeah. Even like just shit, I haven't done a lot of pigs, but like, um, not with bow anyway, this the deer stuff that I had on that trip was like one slightly different noise that's just not quite natural. You'll just see them all just prick up. Yeah. They don't necessarily run away straight away, but they're like alert and start. Yeah. You can see them like start that like wind trying to take yeah. like smell and yeah. or they'll reposition and all that sort of stuff. And then while I was while we were walking with Aiden, he was like explaining their behavior and stuff like that, like how they like a stag or like bed for X amount. Then he'll get up get and up. stand and stretch and shuffle around a bit and go and check on the ladies and then come back and lay in a different spot in a different way and like all of that sort of stuff, what they normally do, what their behaviours are and stuff. And I thought like you've got so much to understand before you can even get in anywhere, even start stalking them and yeah. understand. And then he let Aiden let me stalk it with just a camera because I wanted to get some footage and some shots of them. Um, and I was telling you before, like I got into like 30 or 40 yards before I think they heard me more than winded me, but I'm either way they fucked off. But like, just having to think about, like I was fucked from like thinking about where I was standing, where I was stepping, listening, 
smelling, like all that sort of shit. Like you're just so immersed mm. in every part of your being. And I was like, fuck, man, I'm doing this for yeah. sure. It's awesome, man. And it's funny, like we we're talking, like the hunting that Aiden does, and this is up north for chittle deer, is very methodical. It's very calculated. Yeah. Slow. It's played out on a very slow burn, you know, like mm. there's the deer. I have four trees in between me and them. They're there for the next five hours. How are we going to do this, you know? Yeah. Whereas like the hunting I do is in the mountains and it's all or nothing, fast paced, one and done in a couple of minutes when the time comes, you know? Like yeah. you were saying, like you're watching these stags and everything like that and it's like I'm lucky if I see the animal I'm going to shoot for two minutes yeah. before it all happens and I've got to make everything happen perfectly in that time and read the wind right in different gullies with different thermals and everything like that in like steep mountainous country yeah that it's just all over the place and it's like you've got to put yourself in the right spot glass what i do a lot of glassing so i'll sit across one side of the mountain to the other where i sort of know that they're going to come out mm. and i'll and a big boar will come out and it'll be 10 minutes before it's dark and you've got to haul ass down one side of a mountain up to the other anticipate where he's going to be he's going to be on the move Constantly, flat out yeah and they're switched on man like and like you said any this is one thing i wanted to bring up as well so for those listening who have hunted right you step on a stick or, or something with mm. a deer right they're all going to prick their ears up and look around yeah that's a chance yeah you do that with a boar he's gone, gone. yeah he's because here's the thing right so deer have the senses mm. that if there's something foreign or they sense a bit of danger they'll they'll prick their ears up and they'll look over and they'll go what's that and, yeah and They've got the eyesight to pick it out or the curiosity, mm. whatever it is, and, and they'll have a look most times to see what that danger yeah. is. A pig, he'll go, I don't have the eyesight to see what that is. I'm just going to bounce. Yeah. Like if you, you you fuck up, he just goes, nah, something's Some wrong. Right. I'm just going to bail anyway. Yeah. And he might not run away, but he'll trot off at a pace that in mountain country you cannot keep up with him yeah. anyway and he'll just go. Like there's no second chances with him. You can't get like if a bird alarms or anything like that, he'll just go. Yep. He's not going to stop and have a look. And if you're sitting behind a rock, you'll get away with it. He's just going to go. Yeah. Like that's the thing with boars. Like there's no second chances. With I feel it. like you're like super, like people have given you a fair bit of heat oh, about this. They, are, <laughs> they do. You know, it's like, it's like go shoot a 30 point boar out of the mountains and come tell me how easy it was. <laughs> it's like I dedicate thousands of hours to it. And it's like, I know how hard they are and how smart they are. Yeah. It's like that's that buck's in the top 10 shot in Australia, the one I'm pointing at mm. this year, I think it was like 253 or 254 Douglas points, which is an absolute fucking monster. And it's really one of the first years I've hunted fallow. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? And yeah, it was a hard hunt and everything like that. But like, I know how much harder I've worked for boars. Yeah, okay. And like, they're my thing. Do you think people that people that say deers are better or harder, whatever way you want to put it, haven't hunted? 100%. A lot of pigs or any pigs? 100%. Yeah, okay. or, or don't, or see, don't target specific. They go, oh, I've shot pigs. And it's like, have you shot, what have you shot? Have you shot juvenile two-year-old boars? Yeah. That's the equivalent of shooting a spiker or a first-year head? Mm. Yes. Have you shot a boar that's eight years old or hunt or physically hunted for one that's six to eight years old and is smart as fuck? It's like, no, you haven't. And mm. there's a big distinction between a pig and a wise old boar, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's because... They're just so hard to find, man. Like people think they don't exist. And so if they shoot pigs, it's always young ones a mm. lot of the time. And they go, oh, there's dumb. It's like, yeah. no, you shot a young one. Yeah. You, f you haven't seen the old one that lives there. Not still. He's still, still out there. there. You just haven't seen him. Yeah. And they're normally like, we were saying at dinner, like I do, I used to do a lot of walking 
um, with dogs yeah. and hunting pigs. And it's sort of different, but I, I, my dogs are pretty, pretty well trained and they just sort of stay a meter or two in front of me. And dogs, if they couldn't, if the wind wasn't right or whatever, you'd see them before the dogs did because dogs are obviously seeing black and well. white, yeah. lower, lower the ground and operate on movement or smell more than anything else. So if your dog couldn't smell them and you seen them first, you'd normally see the mob first and then if you sat and just watched for a bit, you might see the boar and it'll be like somewhere else. It'll be up the bank out of the – because I walk a lot of creeks and stuff. It'll be up on the shoulder of the bank or it'll be further back or whatever or you'll go there and your dog will grab a pig and then you'll see just whopping great big tracks around it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So like That's 100% what I say you're right. To, I say to a lot of people like – They'd be like, oh, I seen this mob and it had a decent boar in it, blah, blah, blah. And I went mm. in and shot him. It was half an hour before it was dark or whatever. It's like, yeah, good. But sit off that mob until it's three minutes from dark and you'll be surprised what rolls out of the thick stuff. You know, mm. like so many times I'll be watching mobs of pigs and there'll be a boar with it that mm. in a lot of people's eyes is a shooter, you know. And I'm mm. like, to me, it's like, yeah, no, I don't want to shoot him. Um, and I'll watch and wait and wait and wait and you'll yeah. think it's too late. Then all of a sudden, massive big ball just roll out of the thick stuff with like a couple of minutes of light left. And it's like if you just went in and shot that smaller ball, you'd never see that old ball come out. So yeah. That's the difference, you know, like you've really got to reserve yourself and wait because they just don't show themselves at any time. Like no. they really don't want to come out in the daylight. So like, you've, like yeah, there's pigs there now, but it's like wait, see what's yeah. going to come out when it is dark. Or and That's half, I think. What I like about it too is like nothing like is ever guaranteed and it's uh, – you might do 50, 100, fuck knows how many hunts before you even get a chance to even get near it or even see it. Like you know it's there but that's what I think I like about bow hunting is the whole process of it all and the reward of it all. Like I can hike and I can shoot a deer or whatever or a pig with a rifle from 200 yards and it's like from probably where you glass from I could probably hit a pig from. Maybe, but and it's not it's not the same reward. I don't think like you well, shot because it. there's so much of the hunt that hasn't happened. Yeah, you don't have to worry. So about much more work, man. So many facts. So many more factors. You know, mm. what when when you're sub fifty meters, sub thirty meters on an animal, there are so many variables that can get you in the shit. You know, whether it's the thermals, whether it's its nose, whether it's the bunch of eyes on you, all those factors. Like everything is physically working against you. Mm. you know when you're in there like it's so intimate it's so close and a lot of the time like it comes down to the wire you know yeah um and it's just in your mind it's just like screaming at you like all these things you've got to think about but you have to be dead silent dead calm yep. and make calculated decisions at the time while your heart is just beating through its chest yep. and, and you've got to make all these logical decisions mm -hmm. whilst not being detected yeah it's it's, it's amazing it's hectic, man. So, yeah. And it's one of those things and I think it – I attribute a lot to fly fishing. It's very similar. Like you go out – it's not as physically demanding. It's maybe not as mentally demanding. It's close because you're thinking about like a perfect fly fishing day is no cloud, no wind um, and the correct tides and correct water clarity all together. Yeah. And that – to line those four up, is almost impossible. So you're working with, you'd probably go out on two of those. Out of those four, you'd probably go fly fishing if you yeah. really want to do. So like you've got to work that and you've got to understand how to read weather and all that sort of shit. And you're working out fish patterns because shit like um, 
permit and stuff run a single line basically. If you once you find them, they'll run a line nearly nine times out of ten if you can find them there. Then you got to work out what tides are there on. Then you got to work out when they run that line where they feed or are they feeding the whole time or are they stopping at a certain area and feeding all that sort of shit. And then or everything else like positioning and all that sort of stuff. It's there's a lot of similarities. Which is why I think I'm addicted to fly fishing is because it's so fucking hard and it's so much more to take into account because I could probably go there and see a permit and have a live crab or a live prawn pitched in there and catch one piece of piss. But it's not worth that one permit. Like I would, I would take one permit on fly over 50 permit caught with a live crab. It's that reward. Yeah. yeah. It, and that's where it like, yeah, I think – and that goes back to business too. I think very, very, very similar. Like you've got to go through and put in the work and spend the time. Like if I give you a hundred grand right now and you went and started a business, it'd be cool. But I reckon that you wouldn't get as much fulfillment out of it. Whereas if you had the idea yourself and started with zero dollar or fifty dollars in the bank account and built a business from that. I I also think it wouldn't give you as many tools along the way that you're no. as long. Like yeah, the so process, you might, the you process. Might, yeah, you might spike and be successful for two, three years and then you don't have the experience during the hard times to be able to get through that. Yeah. And then you taper off and go bankrupt or something happens like that. Yeah. 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 It's um it's one of those things. I think the process in no matter what you're doing in life is more important than that end result. And it's yeah. like the end result's good, but it's like when you really dissect mm. it and take it back, whether it's fishing, hunting, whatever, it's that process that yeah. you're immersed with within business and it's like the whole game is the reward as opposed to the financial incentive, which is just part of it. Yeah. Like it's all it's all encapsulated in one, yep. you know. So Do you do you um with the do you think that you've justified uh, that your belief in like big old boars being like a pinnacle or the pinnacle of bow hunting, do you think you've justified that by your experience hunting other species? Let's say in Australia. In Australia. Um, I, I think you're always going to – I think there's going to be a pinnacle – like I wouldn't say they're the pinnacle. I'd say they're for the – They're underrated. The, I'd say they're very underrated. I'd say for the hunting around here, yeah. between them and red deer would be my favourite hunting, but it's what I've drawn myself to the most. Because you're local? Um. Like I could go hunt boars up in the Cape and it's still not like hunting my boars in the mountains. Mm. I think it's I think it's a culmination of a lot of things. But what I like with it, and I think this is what it sets it apart from a lot of other styles of hunting, mm. is it's so fucking physically demanding. Like if you are not super fit, you are not going to shoot boars out of the mountains. I always took you for one of them David Goggins motherfuckers, eh? They're not quite, but... Close. Yeah. I, like, I, I feel like you're one of them people. I, I picked it from like a fair while ago, I reckon. And just like this is the first night we've ever met, but I picked it from a fair while ago that you're one of those people that that like to test the mental through the physical. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like it's fucking hard, man. Like a lot of the times like I'll find myself like I've near spewed like going on like <laughs> you'll sit on one side of a mountain, right, and it, there'll be 12 minutes of light. It'll, a ball yeah. will roll out at 7.24 p.m. and you're like it's dark at 7.40. Yep. You know, it's like he's – a K away. Yeah. I've got to get up to the other side of the mountain, up this ridge, do everything right, have my shit together to make a shot, have my heart rate out of control, and I've also got to go fucking up however many mm. hundred metres of elevation. And it's like you are literally running 
your blood is boiling going up there, you know, like you're physically just exerting yourself massively to get up there, covered in sweat, everything like that, and like you really have to push. You have mm-hmm. to push for it. And it's like if I don't push myself now, there's no light in five minutes, I don't have this chance. And you really have to push and push and push and push. And it shows how hard you can push yourself for it. Oh, man. And I know a lot of people would just go, oh, it's too far away, it's too dark, I'm not going. Like with me, every – like. 99% of the scenarios, I'm going and I'll, I can make it. Well, what if, what if it helps you close the distance? Like what if? You go, oh, you're sitting up on the hill and you're like, oh, I'm not going to bother. Mm. Or you start running and then you You can get, always try. Yeah. Yeah. And no harm in fight. There might be a 0.5% chance you might get that. You might get a shot or see it or find yeah. it where you think it's going to be. Um, but then that, even if you don't get to take the shot or whatever, or you, you might pick up something along the way that, adds to the your experience bank to put you better off the next time or as you're yeah. sitting on the hill going nah I, I always look at it, it's like well if i go it's just adding to my fitness i'll be able to do it that yeah. little bit quicker next time you know it's like yep. you roll that dice every time but like that's what i like yeah. about it man like it's like it's very physically demanding and like a lot of people struggle with it like yeah. i've guided people and it's like this is like really physically demanding and like and this is not to take away from people. I, I, I've enjoyed guiding a couple of guys that gave it their all, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's a very physically demanding hunt and I say that. It's like we'll literally be running up mountains. Mm. Like you'll think this is crazy and dumb but this is what works, you know, like you've got to cover ground. And like I've been carrying guys' bows and packs for them, running up the hill, holding their hand, like trying to drag them up the mountain. It's like yep. come on, like we've got a couple of minutes to make it happen. You can't sit down and rest. Rest after, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like guys that really try and push them out push themselves out of their comfort zone, I've enjoyed guiding those guys. Mm. Like obviously slower than me and I'm going to be going, hey, come on, come on, come on, helping them up the mountain. But like guys that want to push it, mm. I've really enjoyed that. But I think that's what the the allure to like mountain hunting is for me. It's like you can't just sit there and just look at them and go, oh, yeah, he's going to bed down there. I'll, I'll tiptoe in. I'll, I'll wait till everything's right. It's like you have to make it happen and you've got a very small window of time a lot of the time. And the fitness is the difference between whether it happens or not. can be. It is. Fitness yeah. and your mindset with it. Like if you like, fuck man, like there's so many times when I've been like going up the side of a mountain, it's like I could sit down and have a rest for two minutes. Mm. But it's like, just don't. Just get up there. You're not going to die. Yeah. You're going to feel like shit when you get up there and your heart's going to be beating out of its chest, mm. but you're going to be up there. You're going to be where you need to be. Yeah. Because if you're not there in five minutes that animal's probably moved on through and you're not going to be able to see where it is because of how the terrain is. Yeah. And that's very specific to the block that I mainly hunt. Mm-hmm. It's very, very steep, very mountainous, and you can't just sort of walk along and mm. come onto pigs because it's too steep. You don't have the visibility. Yeah. You, but you can spot them from the other side of the mountain. So that's why I do it. And then you've got to um, cover all that crazy distance. But yeah. Yeah, that's like the, the physical side of it for me is definitely – definitely one of the big alluring factors there yeah because it's so hard and like so many people don't want to do it as well yeah like they think it's like oh fuck the, that basically yeah fuck that it's like not worth it yeah yeah i guess it's everyone's perception is different i suppose but yeah yeah, yeah. And, and define like it's like what is worth it to me versus them it's all different mm. every time like i love the whole the whole process of it like for me mm. hunting boars in the mountains in winter mm. doesn't get any better like it's hard as shit. Yeah. And it's super uncomfortable. Yeah. While you're doing it, like you're out there in like sleet and rain mm. and snow and just like you can't feel your fingers and like it's, everything's hard to do. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. I love it so much, you know, like, and I can't even describe when I'm out there why I love it, mm. but you throw all those things together mm. and it's just like. That's the thing too. Like who gives a fuck? 
Yeah. If yeah, like you've got no obligation to give a shit about what anyone thinks. Oh, that's about right. It. And it's if there's an activity that you find and it just keeps dragging you back into it, mm. fucking keep doing it. Yeah. Like, don't question why. Just do it. If something something makes you happy, just do it. I'm, yeah. That's something like one of the things in life that I'd almost call it one of my best and worst characteristics is that. If something makes me happy, I'll just blatantly do it. Yeah. Like I don't need to I don't need to justify it. I shouldn't justify it and mm. I'll just do it. Like I'm all in or nothing with yeah. almost literally everything I do. Whether yep. it's um, businesses, friendships, relationships, whatever, it's all or nothing for me. And like why would I do something with fifty percent effort? It's not worth doing. What's then. the point of it? Yeah. That's the point. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to commit to it 110% hmm. and give it my all. And I think that's what I'm like with everything in life. It's just ingrained in me. It's who I am. I'm. If something makes me happy, mm. I'm going to pursue the fuck out of it. Yeah. You know? what's, the point of, what's the point of chasing something that you're not? Yeah. It makes no sense. Or just half doing it. Or if something makes you really happy and just going, oh, yeah, I'll sort of pursue this a little bit and maybe I'll, yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Like if something makes you happy, like chase it. Yeah. Do it. Do it or to the full extent. Yeah. Or you dab, if you're going to dabble and go like, I'll dip my toe in. Yeah. Try it. And then if you enjoy it, dip a bit more in. And yeah. then you get to the point where you're either going to commit to it or you're not. Mm. But then you need to make the clean cut too because you're either going to do it not at all, really well, or half-ass it, which is basically not at all anyway. Yeah. And for me, half-assing it, it's just not even an option. No, it can't be. That's not enjoyable for me. Yeah. Or it's not practical for me. I think it's just it's just the mindset I've got. You mm. know, like everyone's different as well. And some people are very slow to apply themselves mm. to things or there's that risk or fear of judgment or yeah. whatever. But for me, it's like I've bypassed that and mm. it's like I don't mind what people think of me or what people's perceptions are. If something makes me happy. Mm. There's huge value in good. that, hey. Like yeah. – I um I don't like who I was as a teenager, early twenties. Yeah. Like tried to conform, like pretended I was someone I wasn't. Used to talk a fair bit of shit and just just was a dickhead. I, in my opinion, I was a dickhead. Like I don't like who I was, um, at all. Not one bit about me, pretty much. Um, yeah. And it takes a long. It took a long time for me to work work out that. And I wish I worked it out earlier. But like just to fucking master my own beat. And um, yeah, I look back now and I'm just like, fuck, man, I could have got so much more done and progressed so much further in life if I just didn't give a shit and just was who I was and let people into my life who wanted to be there instead of me trying to force myself in and be someone I'm not. And I think there's a lot of fake shit out there or that even like industry-specific fake shit, like the fishing industry is yuck, like toxic as fuck. I'm sure the hunting industry is... It's probably worse. But yeah, <laughs> I would not surprise me. It's smaller probably too. It's, very, it's a lot smaller. Yeah. So yeah, like I think there's value in just, I don't know, being, being yourself and being true to who you are and yeah. then I think the rest just falls into place. With it like does, man. people that come into your life, love, whatever you want, it's there for the taking as long as you stay true to who you are as a person and who what you believe in. But at the end of the day, like that's all you need to and should do because it's you're living your life on yeah. your terms. It's like a lot of people get caught up in trying to please or appease mm. other people. And yeah. it's like you're not living your life for them. No. At the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to give a fuck about Joe Bloggs. No. If he 
approved of how you lived your life. You're not even going to think of yeah. them. But so many people make decisions based on the influence of others and what they perceive other people will think of them mm. for those decisions, you know. And I think that stops people doing a lot of things, that fear of judgment. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've let go of over the, the last four years especially um, is that fear of judgment, you know. Like yeah. I cop a lot of shit for things I do or say but I stand by everything. It's, you know, yeah. I'm true to myself. And if people don't like that, that's fine. Like that's you yeah, don't so, have to agree with me. See so like, you, yeah, man. What are you still like? And then you'll get those constant hecklers that like disagree with you and spend time on like Oh, yeah. Go and out like, and make memes about you and yeah. shit like Why that. Why the fuck are you even here, man? Like yeah. unfollow. You don't like my shit? Yeah. See ya. And, and I, I've said that. It's like with people, it's like you, you don't like me or what I'm about or whatever. Why are you hmm. listening to it? I'm to the point, man. I literally am to the point where I don't follow family, friends or friends I've known for a long time, whatever, because I don't enjoy their content. Yeah, but that's what you should do. You don't yeah. oblige to do it. It's like if something doesn't bring positivity into your life, don't have it. Yeah, like I, I, I don't have any interest in seeing – and there's nothing wrong with what people are doing, but like I don't have any interest in seeing your dinner parties or your kids and all that sort of stuff. Like I love kids and all that sort of stuff, but I don't, I don't enjoy I – don't, I don't not enjoy it either, but like – I don't need to see. It just doesn't see. bring value. Nah, it doesn't yeah. bring value. That, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. To like, I guess it depends on how you take social media, but that for me is not, I don't value that. I'd rather go and see you and spend time with your kids and have dinner or whatever else. But on socials, it, it doesn't gel with me, so I yeah. don't follow but you don't those have people. To, but the thing is, you don't even have to justify it. No. Nah. But you feel as if you, you have should. to. I just tried to, yeah. yeah. And I still couldn't do it properly. Yeah. And so, they... People get offended by it. Yeah. Because um, like, yo, you're supposed to be my friend. Like, why aren't you following me? Yeah. But like, are you trying to make a living out of social media? What difference does it make if I follow you or not? Can yeah. I just call you once a week or something? Like, Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one thing, man, that like I really pride myself on is like really letting go of that. Mm. I wouldn't say the fear of judgment, just other people's perceptions. Like there's always going to be naysayers out there. The negativity and the no is always going to be a louder noise than the positivity. Yeah. It's always going to be there whether you listen to it or not. Mm. Just don't let it affect you and do your thing anyway. Yeah. You know, because like – and like sometimes, yeah, I'll buy it and be like, mate, like if someone's talking shit or whatever, it's like, mate, like if you don't like me, just don't follow me or yeah. don't associate or don't talk about me. Mm. Like I don't even know you but whatever I've done to upset you, sorry sorry that you feel that way but mm. Catch up. it's just my life. Like I'm just I'm doing here. my thing organically, you know. So yeah. And I've really let that go because yeah. like – I cop a fair bit of shit, but I'll be the first person that'll help someone out or anything like mm. that. Like I won't, I won't go behind people's back and badmouth them. I won't talk negative things about it because if you want to build the tallest building in the city, you don't do that by tearing the tallest building down. No. You build your own one. Hundred you know? percent. You don't tear others down. If you want to have the best product in the industry or the best brand or anything like that, you don't do that by going, "This brand is shit. Ours is better because they're shit." It's like. You talk about your own products. You talk about your own brand. You don't yeah. reference others and go, oh, negative about X, Y, Z. You build up your own products. You build up your own brand. Mm. You get your community. Because that other brand is probably some dude like you that started from nothing and built something. And, like, you've got to have, like, a level of respect for those people. And regardless of, like, that this person or this business or whatever, if you're talking industry spec, like, this person might be the shittest person you know. But they have a multi-million dollar company. Like you cannot deny their success. So you give them the respect that they deserve. Mm. You take the personalism out of it. 
if you're talking business, in yeah. my opinion anyway. Yeah, it's, yeah, and like bow hunting in particular, it's such a small industry and I think it's one of those things that to be, when I say good at it, you know, it's like what defines good but it's like if you're shooting big animals, like big trophy animals on the regular that's quantifiable, you know what I mean? Mm. It's very hard to do that and the differentiation between the people that do that and don't is massive. So I think As in like of, you're talking like people that hunt for food or mostly no, for no, food? No, no, I'm saying or? like fuck man everyone's a trophy hunter i don't care what you say yeah everyone has a trophy hunter aspect in them and a lot of people especially those who go out and chase deer or whatever they want they want to shoot the biggest animal on the hill mm. like i don't care what you say if a big buck walks out you're going to shoot the big one over the small one mm. you know that's always going to happen and i think guys that go out and try and do that like or you see guys that are just shooting like really good quality animals on yep. the regular Versus guys that are like busting their ass and they might get a couple of chances a year and shoot some animals. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that there's nothing wrong. Whatever whatever you shoot is a trophy in your yeah. eyes. You know what I mean? Like I'll be the first person to congratulate anyone on anything they shoot. Mm-hmm. But other people see it as, oh, fuck that guy because he shot this, this, this and this. Fuck him. He must be doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like a lot of jealousy that gets associated with it or a lot of negativity. That's in and the it's fishing like, industry as well. That's in any industry, I suppose. There, there was, there was, and it's funny as well, like, I cop shit. I, I shot a young deer earlier in the year. It was a, it was a three and a half year old deer, mm. James. And on this particular block, I've shot three deer in seven years. Up yeah. until Keith, I've shot four deer in seven years. Yep. Um, that's not going too crazy. I, I know the numbers of deer that were there. I've managed the herd there. I've let them numbers grow. Like even though we call them a pest, I've let those numbers grow, you know. I really know what's on the ground there. I'm very cognizant of that. And I shot a three and a half year old deer with James, my mate, and we've been hunting for something like 16 days straight. And we wanted to get an animal on film. I shot a three and a half year old deer, shot it all good. And someone's blowing up at me because I didn't, I didn't shoot a fucking eight year old deer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, so I shoot a young animal that I'm happy to post about, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be shooting these animals because it sets a bad example, blah, 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 blah. But then also the same person when I shoot this deer is into me calling yeah. me a trophy hunter. It's like, what do you want me to do, brother? Yeah. I think I it's shoot a, a young one, <laughs> you're into me. I shoot one of the biggest that's ever been bow shot in Australia, you're into me. Yeah. Where's, what do you want me to do? Are you just going to hate me no matter what I do? Yeah. Because people grasp, it's easier to grasp, 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 fuck me dead, the negatives over the positives. Oh, for sure. And because the negatives are right in front of your face. Cause it's, it's louder. Yeah. Because well, we're taught to be primarily like negative, like pessimistic. Like, worry about all the bad shit that can happen. Yeah. Pretty much. I think that's why it's like everyone always brings out the worst first. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it seems to be a recurring theme in hunting that that's the case. Like the whole um, stigma around trophy hunting, especially for like exotic animals, if you're talking like Western culture, exotic animals like Africa and shit like that. Um, and then Aiden and James put it into perspective for me saying like there's a – that fucking lion, you know what I'm talking Cecil. about. That one. Yeah, but apparently there's that one and there was something else. There was another one that was being – no, it was a rhino, I think, or a hippo. And it was basically – no, it was a rhino. I'm pretty sure it was a rhino. And it was fucking the whole show up because it was this old-ass, semi-infertile rhino. Killing bullion, everything. Killing everything, bashing up all the young rhinos and make, just running the fuck. Um, so it got auctioned. Like people thought, oh, you killed the rhino. You're a fucking – the devil basically but they didn't know that that rhino got auctioned for a heap of money that money went back into conservation for the species 
um, and that that rhino was an actual problem to the species. Um, Can I give a good little rundown on yeah, like on. how like African hunting is like such a taboo topic and people don't understand it. Yeah. And this is one of the best ways to think about it and best ways to sort of quantify how hunting works as conservation in Africa, right? Mm. So say you have a pride of lions, it will have its dominant male lion and he might be dominant from the age, uh, let's say a lion lives for 14 years in the wild max. Mm -hmm. I think that's about their max lifespan. It's generally about 12. Mm -hmm. he'll, he'll run that pride from about say five, maybe up until nine years old, eight, yep. eight nine, nine at best. He's That male lion hits nine years old, so he's past his sexual maturity. Mm -hmm. He gets kicked out of the pride and he's starting going in his backwards years because he's replaced by a younger, more powerful counterpart, mm -hmm. whatever. So that pride of lions has their established territory. It's away from people, everything like that. They're mm -hmm. hunting wild animals, living freely. All of a sudden, he's booted out of that 200, 200 square kilometre territory and he's got to go find new territory and live on his own. So... He can't go into other prides territory or anything like that because he'll get killed by the male lions. Mm. So he has to go into outlying areas, which is typically villages, farming land, anything like that. Yeah. So obviously he's getting older and he's getting weaker, so he's going to want to prey on easier items, i.e. cattle or people. Mm. Um, they obviously start with cattle first, and then the farmers, they're a problem, and they're going to shoot them. Yeah. You know, they, it happens. They shoot yeah. them. Whether they say it or not, the lions get shot if they're eating cattle. Yeah. It's just not spoken about. But also if he gets old, say say he survives through till 10 years old mm -hmm. and then he's losing all the teeth in his head, then it's like, oh, I can eat villagers because they're easy. He becomes a problem lion. He's already a problem lion because he's living yeah. close to villages, farms, everything like that, making people uneasy, taking cattle and now he's taken a young boy that's working in a mm. field, whatever. So he's killed humans now. That lion is 9, 10, 11 years old. He's going to die within the next 18 months, pardon me, from old age, right? So he's going to die in the wild. Mm -hmm. That lion at 10 or 11 years old is the peak of trophy hunting, you know what I mean? Like that's him as a super mature old animal. Mm -hmm. It's got everything there and someone Very someone, will, someone will come in and pay $300,000 to kill that lion that alternatively is just going to die mm -hmm. and if not become in most cases, a problem animal. Yeah. And if he dies in the wild from natural causes, he's not laying, he's not just going to go to sleep and die. He's going to have his ass eaten by hyenas or he's going to slowly starve to death. Yeah. That's the reality of what's going to happen. So it's either he can have a life that's cut short by one to two years and he's killed by a trophy hunter who's going to pay two, three hundred thousand dollars mm -hmm. and that money is directly invested back into the pride, back into the management of the area, the herd of all the animals and the land that lit that they're living on or he can be let go to live his own life become a problem animal the villagers then hate all lions and will then shoot all the lions they see because they associate that with all of them yeah so can you see where the hunting brings the value there yeah 100 but people don't look at it rationally or like objectively well, they don't get to see the forum where that like when have you ever heard someone on mainstream media portray it like that no never, never. mate oh Mainstream media make me sick, man. Yeah, I I despise people that that follow that shit as gospel. Mm. No, no, I don't despise the people. I despise the media for doing that to yeah. people. But fuck, man, I hate it. Hey, it's um, so constricted and contorted. Yeah, sometimes it's it's the truth, but it's not the whole truth. And they twist words. They twist the words and twist the facts, or lay the facts out in a way that it reads a certain way. I did a thing the other day. Actually, I shared. 
nine you shared, I saw on heaps of people's stories about like, go and get vaccinated, you fucking clowns, rah, rah. Um, and I don't like talking about COVID too much, but this thing irked me because it was like um, a, a table and it was from nine news and it was like people that have been in hospital, in ICU or, or hospitalized, caught COVID, been in ICU or ha and have been vaccinated. And it wrote out the people that had caught COVID was like a huge number. And there's like, oh, I was vaccinated in death, sorry. It was so the people who caught COVID, the amount of people that went into ICU, and then the amount of deaths from COVID. So unvaccinated people had, I think it was about roughly 40,000 from memory. And there was X amount of thousand deaths. It was nearly 4,000, nearly 4,000 ICU and then 400 deaths or some shit. So the death, the ICU, the, sorry, the contraction to death ratio was like 1.08%. And it was written in red and everything had all this like little vaccination, little germs in the yep. like letterheads and like a little needle and all that sort of shit. And then at the top was like people who were vaccinated went into ICU and the deaths. And it looked like this real small number because they scaled it like that. It was, I calculated it out because it was annoying me. It was 1.08%. Both the same. Both exactly the same death rate. The only thing that that table showed was that hospital, like if you weren't vaccinated, there was like more hospital congestion because of unvaccinated people, yeah. which is fine. And all of the data was true that they put in there, but it, how they laid it out yeah. didn't show the act. Like all I had to do was add another column and say what the fucking death percentage was. And if you don't think that someone dying from an illness is the most important thing out of all of this, you're a fucking clown yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just portraying it to get more views. Hundred percent. Keep the hype going. There was like a massive. Um, I should get mixed start on this on the next podcast. Actually, there was a huge, huge tax break for mainstream media. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. they're like semi-government funded or owned or whatever, and they it's just a behind the scenes. Yeah, anyway. to push political agenda. Yeah, yeah. They got all tax breaks yeah. and benefits. When and small businesses like get fucking fingered year after year. Yeah, yeah. It was it was COVID benefits for mainstream media mm. and all these things, and it's like, do you guys really need that? Nah. You it's know. yeah. Don't get your fucking data from them. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, I think um, one where I really seen that is I, I was actually on the news once from I done a hunt I done an article with a lady in the UK. Mm. It was all really pro hunting and everything like that. <clears throat> and basically some news outlets took like one line mm. that I set into it and just used this quote and flipped it on its head. And next thing I was on like Channel Ten News on like their morning talk show. Mm. I didn't even know. And they took this one line that I said totally flipped it on its head and I, I sort of commented I said hunting in Africa and its perceptions are very skewed because of shows like The Lion King and things like that it's really yeah. um, skewed our perceptions of African animals and put them on a pedestal and, and the title or the caption of the little segment was like Hunter slams the Lion King and <laughs> says animals should be shot and all this and nah. it's like this is not what I said and they just went on for 20 minutes and just literally there was not one fact in there, not one word, that, not one thing I'd quoted, not one thing I said and it was just a slander <laughs> against me for 20 minutes. Yeah, and they, national TV. they would have been like, hey, would you like to counter this? No, they wouldn't have said that no. because it's fear. They're fear mongering yeah. dogs, man. Yeah. I cannot stand them. They're and, oxygen yeah. thieves. It was, it was 20 minutes of just blatant lies mm. and, I, and I listened to it and I was just like, Mm. Wow, there's not one skerrick of truth being spoken here, but it's on TV, so people will believe mm. it. Turn the damn news off, people. And here's me, me just just getting smashed with it. So, like, yeah. until you have that perspective, it's like really highlights it. It's like 
they just make things up to suit their agenda. Yeah. You know, like massively, yep. massively. It's disgusting, man. I think it's so unhealthy and I think it's shaped and continues to shape most of the people. Oh, I like, think, yeah, most of the people just take it as gospel because they don't. I think the power to be free thinking is dwindling. Oh, I mean, in the days. last two years it's getting worse. Yeah. We're yeah. Almost, almost like a fucking communist society here at the moment. And I think you're almost ostracized for doing so. Yeah. You know, like even my family and friends, like when COVID first came out, I've got the same beliefs on it as I do now and everyone, I was just like ostracized for yeah, it. Yeah, don't say what it is because fuck me. And then <laughs> now everyone's like starting to get on board with me. Yeah. It's like, oh, now coming are. around are we guys? Yeah. I was like, I remember when you almost wouldn't talk to me because of this and now you've got the same view as me. Yeah, and then and then the thing is like you go, oh, I told you so. And then they're like, oh, now you're a, fu- you're a fucking big node or whatever else. Yeah. Like you can't win. It's like that same shit. Um, I chose not to like entertain it on, I don't share too much shit apart from that thing. Cause it fucking pissed me off. But, um, just to try and set the record straight or mm. try and get people to just look at things a bit better than face value. Yeah, but, I, I, um, I try and do that. I, I don't go the whole COVID route with it. I try and avoid that. Like the play. Um, but like, I think I try and encourage people to be more free thinking and and question whether it's government. Do your research, or, man. Do or your, your research. Or even just like your perspective on like what what and why you're doing things. It's like do you think the big corporation get, gives you a pay rise or whatever because they care about you or is it because they need you to keep making more money? Mm. It's because you make the money and they want you to stay and continue to make the money and make whoever manages you their job easier and whoever manages them their job easier. Like yeah. you're all part of a production. Yes, there's interpersonal relationships between people mm. that work for corporations and blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. But in the grand scheme of things, it's like you're not getting this pay rise because you're a good person. You're not getting these benefits <laughs> because the company cares about you. You're getting this because you make the money. Oh, I've got a company car. Yeah. Or the accountant goes to the CEO, you need to go buy some cars because to, so you can fucking yeah, shuffle offset down. Offset some tax. Yeah, yeah, offset some tax. And then – the, the boss doesn't say that. They go, hey, man, you're doing a great job. Here's a car. Yeah. With full fact, like knowing that they just fucking need to just shift some money around. Yeah. Like, and it's the fact that like people are worth more to the corporation than the corporation is worth to the people. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like whilst ever you're there in your job, you're making money for that company. Yeah. And if you're happy with that and you're, you're comfortable with that, then that's all gravy. But do, you need to do your research first and then don't cry and like um, when you're bloody sacked or whatever else happens, like you're treated as a number. Mm, Don't yeah. fucking do but that. I just think having that knowledge there in the back of your mind is something you need to know. Mm. That's like you are just a number regardless. Like just know that. Like if, yeah. you, if you're part of a big system like that or whatever, like you are just a number. But at least, but at least have the ability to – to know and understand that mm. and see where you do fit in on the big picture. Like don't just think it's all hunky-dory and it's just – it's all love because yeah. it's generally not a lot of the time. No. You know, and I think that's something as a society when you become a free thinker these days, yeah. you're, you're ostracized a lot more for it yeah. because it's so ingrained in us, man. It's yeah. like from – from when you're a little kid, it's like go to school, get good grades, do this, mm. get a good job, work hard. Be 16 years old and go, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> fuck, man, no chance. Yeah. Uh, th- obviously, there's some people, but fucking hell. Like yeah. how am I supposed to pick a uni degree 
when I'm flat out getting a fucking girlfriend. Like, yeah. I can't even talk to women. Like, yeah. what? Man. You're still a kid. Yeah. yeah. Haven't even had my first beer at a pub yet. Yeah. And I'm trying to pick what I'm going to be for the next fucking 50 years. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it, I think like society doesn't encourage people to take risks. They don't say, no. go out and try all these professions, find what makes you happy. It's like, mm. no, do this, study this, and then stick with it. Yeah. No. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck it, that. <laughs> try things. Like take big risks when you're young because the Did, biggest risk is not taking a risk. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, there's good fallback. Like obviously, there's people with hard upbringings and lots of stuff that can't do those things. But if you do have the opportunity to, do it. Yeah. Like I wish I did because I had quite a good upbringing and it, like I knew if, if I was like mum and dad, I want to do this and they probably would have been semi against it but I would have been like, I'm fucking doing it. Did it and then failed or whatever and then mum and dad were quite happy to just been open the door, come back home, live and save your money again or whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I had that buffer which yep. is I wish I took advantage of it um, and I understand that a lot of people don't have that. But I reckon, yeah, to, you need to be able to think like that regardless. Like I think you need to be able to look at stuff objectively and do your research and view both sides of the fence before mm. you base your decision, like make your decision, sorry. Yeah. But also the only way to know is by doing. Yeah, 100%. Well. You know, like you have to throw yourself in the deep water yeah. at times to figure those things out. Like um, my parents, like I, I went to uni for a couple of months and dropped out because I hated it. I yeah. hated it. Like I started doing mining engineering and it was just like – I was, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is just doing pretend work for no reason. Like, mm. what? I was like, I couldn't just justify. It's like, I'm just doing pretend work. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And to me, it just didn't sit right. Um, and like my parents, they really wanted me to get a university degree mm. or get a trade or whatever. And when I was like, oh, this isn't for me, they were sort of like, oh, what are you going to do then? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> but I just knew it wasn't true to myself yeah. in that what I wanted to do. And mum and dad all along thought, I'd be the one that would go get a uni degree, blah, 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 blah. And like it just mm. wasn't what I wanted to do. That's the other me. thing too. Like parents are obviously bad for it because they raise you a certain way and they like have this semi-preconceived expectation. Yeah. And it's nine times out of ten is not the case. Yeah. and Unless think, they forcefully make you do it. Mm. Yeah, and I think there is a bit of that. But I also think a lot of people don't want to disappoint their parents as well yeah. and they'll go along with 100%. it. hundred percent. Um, like I'm the black sheep of the family, man, like 100%. Yeah. Like if you haven't already gathered that. <laughs> um, like I'm totally against the grain of everything, you know. Um, but I think a lot of people are scared to disappoint their parents if they say, no, I want you to do this or they don't mm. know how to say no to them. Like I love both my parents, don't get me wrong, but I'll also just treat them as two people. Yeah. Just because they're my parents, that gives zero extra weight to their opinion to me. Yeah. You know, like if people say, oh, they're but your family, I go, no. If someone's being a dickhead, they're being a dickhead. A hundred percent. If it's my parents or whatever, they have no more weight than a good friend of mine or whatever. It's like I'll take everyone's opinion with the same weight mm. and listen to it just the same, but mm. no one is on a pedestal or no one overrules anything to me because of their position or their relation to me in life. And that's an objective thinking. At the yeah. end of the day, they're just another human yeah. doing that thing. Yeah. Like it's it's not the, – the issue, like any issue, any issue, isn't about whether, oh, but here's your brother, but here's your sister, but yeah, here's your exactly. mother, but here's your – it's not about that. It's the fact that whatever it is, like the issue itself is mm. the crux of it all. You yeah. can't – it has no – it carries no weight. Like, okay, like you're my brother. 
you're dealing cocaine and you fucking killed a dude and you're going to go to jail. I'm like the opposite. I'm a religious man. And I go, no, nah, fuck you. I'm never talking to you ever again. And then your mum's like, but he's your brother. Oh, would you say that if it wasn't your son? Yeah, that's right. Like, it's fucking stupid. Yeah. Or like, yeah, anything. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's drowned. It, it, I can't explain it probably, but it's fucking wrong anyway. Yeah, and I think it's how we've been raised as well though. Like your yeah. parents are authority and like, and yes, they are with a lot of things, but when it comes to decisions that affect you and your life, yeah. it's like they're just people at the end of the day. Yeah. There's a difference between having your family's back. Oh, for sure. And And then- or like bringing yourself into disrepute because of their stupid ass decision. Or, or not even that. It's or whether it's their just lack of thinking outside the circle or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, and I, I think, and I'm not saying my family hasn't been supportive, which, yeah. which they are, but there's also been times where they've been like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Like get a trade, do this, do that, you yeah. know, like get a backup because – they're scared for you and yeah. they, they can't they don't have the same vision yeah. that you do and they have pure intent like it's it, they you know that they're doing it out of love yeah like they're worried that they don't want you to fail yeah they want the best yeah yeah but it's like what you think is the best versus what i think are the best mm. are two very polar opposite things yeah like i've heard your opinion i understand it yeah but i'm still doing this yeah that's right or i'm not or like yeah actually your opinion makes sense yeah i might do that or not yeah like and, and I'm also like just you may not see it, but just trust me and just yeah. I'll say I told you so in five years' time, yeah. which I've done, you know, a couple of times. So that, that's really good there. But I think a lot of people get hung up on that and that's why they'll stick with something or they'll go down a path mm. because they've been fed down that path early on and they go, well, I'm here now. It's too late to stop. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm in the deep end. I may as well just work this job I don't like for the next 20 years or – or stick with a relationship that I'm in because I'm here now and it's just, yeah. you know, it's just what I do. Yeah, my old girl's numb to it now. She's just like, I just tell her I'm doing something like, um, and she's like, oh, righto, like, yeah. <laughs> just whatever. Yeah, it's the same with me, man. Like, I can't say no to a good idea. No. You know, um, mm. like. Like NFTs. If, <laughs> fucking buy the dip. <laughs> um you text me before I text Wade and I was like, hey, man, we we on for dinner, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, bro, I'm just sh shuffling around a few <laughs> NFTs. I was like, fucking righto, mate, buy the dip. Um, it's legit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long for, but I'm making the most out of the stupid shit. Uh, I've made a bit out of crypto. It has been good to me, but it's, 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 it's down in the drain at the moment. So what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I think I was. I think I said. I think I was talking about my old girl Peter's being like, uh, um, like I tell her what I'm doing or an idea or whatever, and she's just like, "You're doing what?" And then I'm explaining, it and she's like, "Oh, whatever." Oh yeah, that's that, that's that, what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah, I um, I'm such a sucker. Like I can't if I have a good idea or a notion or anything like that, I have to do it. Mm. Like I I can't just let it pass me by. Like yeah. this year, like I'll start my seventh. Well, I've got seven businesses registered now, five of them mm -hmm. are operating currently and like another two will come online over the next two, three months. But mm -hmm. like that's seven active operating businesses that I've got yep. under the banner now and it's like I need to stop. Yeah. You know, like it's ridiculous but they're all things I'm like interested yeah. in, all things I'm passionate about, like all cool projects that I have going yep. on. And like, hey, if three of those fail, there's four that haven't. Do you think you'll be able to identify – if it's too stretched, like if yes. you're, y yes and no. Um, I think, 
I need to remove myself from the day-to-day of them all and be a manager of it as a blanket as opposed to mm. running. What I used to do versus what I do now is chalk and cheese. Like I've learned a lot to having people in places to do jobs that they're specialised yeah. at and things like that and manage and delegate a team mm-hmm. as opposed to doing everything myself. Yep. So, yes, like I – if I was doing it how I was three years ago, of course, I'd yeah. be far too stressed. But now that we have a team of people in place mm-hmm. doing things that they're specialising at, I've got people who are better th- at me doing jobs that I used to do. Yeah. Okay. And it's now up to me to manage those people yep. versus just spread myself thin and do as much as I can. Yeah. I've got... It's it's the, the letting go thing, hey. Like hard. You've got like a, a personal connection to like, I, when I started, it was just me and I was doing this. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't want to give it to you because yeah. it's my thing. It's it's hard. Yeah. You know, I remember I spoke to Mr. Adam Greentree, one of my business partners, and he said, you will always be able to do it better than someone else within your business or you will always care more. Mm. But he's, he said to me, if you want it to grow, you have to let go of that and accept mm. that there will be a certain level that people will operate to. It won't be what you operate to but it's your job to manage it as best you can if you want it to grow. Yeah. And that's resonated with me, you yep. know. Um, like why Why should – and also the perspective, why should someone who's an employee care as much as someone who owns or founded the company? They shouldn't. No. They by right shouldn't. Man, this is like weird-ass deja vu because I was having an issue within myself of this, this same exact issue that you're trying to explain right now and I was just like – it was doing me in and I, I knew that I wasn't quite justified in the way I was thinking. So I was like, I need to talk to people about this because this makes no fucking sense to me. So I basically, I, Mick is, Guthrie is one of my- Michael Clifford. Michael Clifford. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> he hates both those names. Um, yeah, so like he, he's obviously for, way further down the road than me and I look to him as, as a mentor. Like he's given me a lot of really good advice over the years. Yep. Um, so I was- reached out and he because he's obviously been through it and i was i basically said that same sort of stuff like um this is this is i'm not gonna say what it was but this thing happened and i was like what's to go here like this is how i think am i justified in thinking like this and he's like no and he basically explained it this i guess i got a screenshot i check it every now and then <laughs> um i won't read it to you because it'll give too much context to what the issue was but basically i got a screenshot and i ref- refer to it all the time when i have weird things and i'm like the same situations where i'm like too afraid to let go of something or something doesn't sit right with me with what someone does um and it's exactly how you put it then like literally it will almost be word for word with how he wrote that yeah yeah. And it shows people's context to a different situation. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah, because you're no one is ever going to be as invested as in you. What, no, never. And why should you? It's like they're not going to if they don't own the business, they don't get the 100%. profit at the end of the day. No. And ultimately, like that's a lot of the main driving factor for mm. why people work is like the the financial reward at the end of yeah. it. It's like if at the end of the day the business is successful or super successful, mm. they're still getting paid the same. Obviously, mm. there's job satisfaction and, and yeah. the people wanting to work, but if things go wrong, it's on you and it should be on you. It shouldn't be on your people as no. well because they don't get rewarded if it goes even better. No. You know? So you're the owner. You take on that onus. And uh, one thing I've learned is that I don't expect people to do things that I wouldn't do. Yes, you that's, a, I mean? that's a like, huge one. It's like I had to go down to Sydney on Christmas Eve and pick up a delivery that, that was late. For, and instead, like, I wouldn't have expected any of the boys to do that. 
yeah, I would have paid them for their time and do that, but it's like, I'll go and do it. Yeah. I'll just go and do it because I'm not going to ask you to do that. Or the yeah. boys would be like, what are you doing here today? Aren't you off? It's like, well, yeah, I am off, but I'm just planning for 2022 yeah. to, you know, get ahead, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, have some time off. I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, I'll be here. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to ask them to do things that I wouldn't want to do myself because mm-hmm. it's not right. It's like, you need to be a leader. It's like, if you want people to do things, you should be there willing to do those same yeah. things with them or the equivalent of that, you know? Yeah, they need to see, like, you're in the arena with them. Yeah, fucking yeah, most sure. It's like you're not doing the same things, but you're invested. Yeah. That's a big thing. Shit, yeah. Well, I've got um, similarities, all that sort of stuff, but, like, I've got a couple of young guys that uh, that do work with me and stuff, and I... I've given. I've gotten to the point where like I wanted to be on every shoot, and I want to be involved. And I want to be talking to clients and all that sort of stuff constantly. But I was too spread thin. I couldn't do it. So I was like, "Fuck it. Here you go. Here's, here's your, some responsibility. Here's your job, man. This is this is like I, I wasn't. I didn't just chuck. They were sort of in the deep end, but they had a bit of a scope of like what I wanted and what we had to achieve. Mm. Um, and then the two, both of them, on separate occasions, just dove in, like got it done, and done an amazing job of it. Um, and then that sort of like, I just sat back and I was like, fuck, that was a really good decision to let them do that. Mm. So like I would be happy and I said it to them too, like if you can, like if you want to commit to this, what I'm trying to build and you want to stay the course and help me build it, like I'm, I'm it's going to be successful. Regard, I'll make it successful one way or another. And if it gets to the point where you've been there since day one and you're so invested, I'll let you buy into the business. Mm. Like, well, you'd be the first person to ask or I'd give you a section of the business just for your blood, sweat and tears that you've put in because yeah. those boys do stuff for me and they don't even want to charge me for it half the time or they just do it out of the good – like they're on the socials and stuff. They help me manage the socials. Like I can't – the business can't afford to pay them for that but they do it anyway yeah. um, and I have the utmost respect for them for doing that for me. Yeah, And, and when I can give back, I want to. Yeah. That's that's so hard to find is people that are committed. I've been very lucky. Yeah. yeah. But but I think if you're doing things you're passionate about, mm. that comes a lot easier because real respects real. You know, yeah. like people can see that you're in it for the right reasons. Yeah. And they want to be with that. And I can resonate with that highly, particularly with the people that we have work here. Like yeah. the boys that work here for us, like I cannot speak high enough mm. of them. Um, they are so invested and a part of what we do here and they want to be around for the long term, I, I, it is so notable. Like yeah. I cannot question their commitment to the companies and the brands that they work yeah. for. Like it's great. Like in COVID, man, the boys came in and volunteered for yep. six weeks. I didn't ask them to do that. Yeah. I told them they didn't have to do it but they wanted to do it to help. Yeah. Like I, I can't ask that of someone. No. And it's like if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you're not doing that. Yeah. You know, so like – I'm also proud about like that we've got that environment here mm. at work that people physically want to be here and they're happy to be here and doing so. We've created that culture that people want to be here. Yeah. You know, so that's been really good. But the the people that we have in this environment, mm. like I'm so fortunate for that. And it's just because we're doing what we're passionate about. It's brought all these 100%. people together. So that's that resonates highly with me, man. Yeah, 100%. And then you've got a um – it's got to be sort of balanced out. So, like, I've got another example of another guy that does work with us is Adrian Tuck. He's one of the best photographers on Australia. He doesn't think so, but he is. And I, I seen it for ages. And he was like, he was like 
at me like, I'm not ready. The dude's been ready for a very long time. He yeah. finally like pulled the trigger and started his own own his own business as Adrian Tuck Photography. And he's he's been, yeah, he's a very good friend of mine and a great dude. But he obviously like I knew that he was gonna sort of sit to the side of flow state because of what he wanted to achieve. And I had no right to like, I have no right to sort of be like, oh, you're not part of the family. Cause he's just trying to do the same thing I'm doing. Yeah. Sort of thing. So like I respect his market and what he's trying to like crack into and stuff with his business and things like that and his strategies. But I still have, I keep, he's fully involved in all of our conversations, whether he's not on as many shoots now nowadays because he's doing his own thing and all that sort of stuff. He's still open, like he can still have his opinions. He's still heavily involved with the business. I nearly run, I run nearly all of my business decision past the boys. Because ultimately like they're the men on the ground and it affects them directly. Yeah. Um, most stuff obviously, not kind of be everything, but most stuff I like, decisions I'm gonna make, I'll be like, what do you just think? Because I'm flying by the seat of my pants with a lot of stuff as well. Um, yeah, so like Adrian's off to the side, but he's still heavily involved. And I think you need to, people need to like understand that. Like there's enough room in the game for everybody. For sure. So like he wants to do a lot more sporting events and things like that. So I'll go nowhere near him out of respect for him up there. And same thing, like he's, he says like he gets a job for someone. He's like, oh, do you know, do you do video? He's like, no, but flow state do. Like, and it's that sort of stuff, I think, that grows an industry. I was about to say the growth of an industry though, it's like if you're, if you're working in a particular field and he's doing work with X company. Yeah. And someone else starts seeing them doing video or photography, they're going to go, hey, we need to do this. And then all of a sudden it's promoting that whole industry Mm. to do more with that down that that line of thing. So I think if you're promoting your work in general, it's going to benefit everyone in the long run. You've just got to remove yourself, like take that ego Mm. away and look at it and go, what's this going to do in the long run? Is this going to benefit all of us in the long run? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, cool, awesome. Let's 100%. run with that, you know. So, but it's that it's it's very hard because people are very tunnel vision and narrow minded with it all. Yeah, and it's like if you can't remove yourself from that and look at it holistically, 100%. you're gonna get hung up on that every single time. Yeah, and I truly like from the bottom of my heart, like want to see him win as much as I want to win. Yeah, and I'll do whatever I need to do to help him win because yeah. he's he's been very good to what I'm doing, and there's like has been very supportive and very helpful wherever he can. Like I he fucking he still won't charge me for them actually. I get like a bunch of raws from a job, raw images. And I'm like, fucking I don't have time to edit these. I was like, Adrian, can you just knock these edits up for me? And I'm like, charge me for them, man. And he ref- flat out refuses to charge it to the point where we can nearly get into an argument about it. Yeah. And like, I'll always remember that. Yeah. And I'll always try and pay it forward. Like he might need something in future and I'll make it happen. Regardless. Yeah. Like shit like that. Like you, people need to forget, need to remember that shit. And for I feel sure. like, as people progress, like people like us that are in the crux of it, in the heat of the fire, like as you progress and you start to become successful, a lot of people lose sight and forget that that all of the better, all the people that were involved that helped them get to where they are. And then I think where you say like you need to disconnect and, and start managing it more as like an umbrella. Um, and I think that's, that's great. That's an awesome idea. I never want to get too big to where I don't you still need to have perspective yeah you need to be able to like still still be able to go 
to the warehouse, the site, the whatever, and the client still, I want still want the clients to know who I am. Yeah. And I still want the boys to know that I can still film and I can still be on jobs and I still want to be a part of like the core of the business, what we actually do. Sure. Not so much just, yeah, like I can't quite explain it probably, but I think- so, so You want to yeah. have that perspective there and you still want to be grounded within the business. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Like you need to, yeah. I, I think there's also a very hard, and this is something that not I struggle with, it's just a, a concept that I need to be aware of as well. It's- you're a boss and a friend yeah. your employees. It's like there's a line where you have to be a leader of the business. You have to manage your mm. business, make the right decisions there. But you're also working with people that you have close personal personal relationships and yeah. connections with. And that's a very hard one because Shit, yeah. if someone's not towing the line or mistakes are being made or whatever, it's like, and we need to correct those things. Mm. It needs to come from a business standpoint. It's like, hey, we're not doing these mm. things right for the business. We need to do this, this, and this. We mm. can improve on this. And it has to be shown coming from a business standpoint, not a personal standpoint. Yeah. Um, and to, to everyone's credit, like it, it's really good. Um, I can have those hard conversations and mm -hmm. say, hey, we're falling behind here, blah, blah, blah. Um, we need to improve on these areas. Um, we need to review this. But also in saying that, it's my job to manage that so that doesn't happen in the first instance. 100%. If things aren't happening or I've given someone too much responsibility or mm. something like that, it's not because they're falling behind. It's I've assumed they're more capable or they've, they've taken on more responsibility yeah. than they can handle naturally anyway. And I've just gone, okay, I need to fix that then yeah. and have that conversation or structure my business in a way that, that it's going to improve. But yep. having that with people that you have – a personal relationship with and, and really good friendships with mm. that adds another layer to it because a lot of times if you go to say someone hey this hey, your performance with this isn't up to scratch or mm. whatever it might be if they're and falling like, behind for some fuck reason up, cunt. Yeah. yeah that's right <laughs> you know so there's a very hard line between being a boss and being a friend but you definitely have to make that distinction yeah. you know and that's something I think I do well with it. Yeah. Um, and that's just me commenting. Obviously, yeah. I don't know because I'm not on the other end of it. Yeah. Um, but I I think I do it in a good mm. manner and I believe like we have a mm. good relate a good working relationship yeah. with everyone. And if there is a hard conversation, we can click fingers and go, hey, do you want to go get a bite to eat? Yeah, 100%. And I think that's really good and really important to have. Um, but that's just one of those things that I've sort of encountered and it's – it's magnified when you have a smaller mm. workforce. It's 100%. like it's like with me and Jack. Like we spend all week here in the office, and it's like on our days off, we fucking go hunting together for the yep. next forty-eight hours, and then we'll come back here again. Yeah, it's like I see him every single day. Um, of course, there's going to be hard conversations or whatever happen at some stage, but to still keep those friendships there with it, mm. I think it's very good to be able to do that, to have that distinction as well. Yeah. Um, and, and it's something like I'm sure as the workforce grows, it's something I'll, I'll deal with a lot better because like I wasn't an employer mm. until I was. Yeah. And then you've got to make that go along. But like I think I'm proud of how I manage it yeah. and, how, and how it's happening and everything like that. Um, and there's a few different chiefs around here, mm. like within, because we've got a sort of conglomerate of companies mm. that operate under the one umbe umbrella, but everyone will sort of come to me as like the top dog and be like, come to me for advice or mm. if there's issues and things like that, <clears throat> because I can talk. Yeah. So, and, and I'm happy about that. Like, I, I think that's, I can take a lot of comfort in that. 100%. And you, you've got to be able to have a mix of conversations. So they'll have, they'll have, um, 
I'm, I'm talking broadly here, like the, the boys that do stuff for me contract to me, they're not direct employees, so it's slightly different. But um, from a broader perspective over my time doing all sorts of stuff is like you need to be able to differentiate the personal conversations from the work ones and the crossover too because you're like, I don't know what an example is, could be fucking anything, working big hours or whatever and they're coming down, they're like, I'm really stressed, I'm really anxious and shit like that. And then the week before they had a conversation with you that their relationship's doing tough at home and shit like that. And like they may not be able to put the two and two together but you, it's your job to be able to like go, hey, what about all that stuff that happened last week with your missus? Did that all get sorted? Yeah. Um, and not that it's like the depth of it isn't your business, but it affects your business. Yeah. So like you've got to be able to be able to have like those sorts of conversations and be able to differentiate between the two and talk about the crossover. Yeah. And juggle the two hats, the boss and friend that you're wearing. Hundred yeah. At the same time sometimes. Yeah. Which and, I, and there is no right or wrong with nah. it. Nah. And it's the line, it's like you – to be an empathetic person as well. Empathy, that's a huge... But also there's a business to run as well and it's like you need to be making the right decisions mm. to keep that business viable and if there's things happening that are affecting it negatively, mm. you need to address that. Is that going to upset someone? How do you do that the correct way? There's yeah. like so many variables and so much depth to it all and I think, I think how you are as a leader or to them in the first place and their respect towards you, yeah. I think that's already 60% of the outcome how it's going to go down. Like if you have – if you're respected by the people mm. that you're working with, every conversation is going to be a lot easier. Yeah. If you're not respected, you're losing to begin with. Yeah. You've, you already, you've already lost yep. basically. And it, it, take, it's, it takes a long time to gain and not very long to lose. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Mm. You know, and like, most of the time it's your fucking fault. <laughs> oh, always, man. Always. Yeah. yeah like uh, particularly business, like at the end of the day, everything's your fault. Like mm. just because someone doesn't do their job right, yeah, cool. But it's like it's your job to manage that mm. and ensure that doesn't happen. Well, the cons- you're the face of consumer sees. Yeah. Well, for referencing like your business. For you, anyway. yeah. But you're ultimately in charge of everything. 100%. You, you delegate that respons- responsibility to someone. It's still on you. It's still on you because you've delegated. It's up to you to manage, you know. Mm. And that's that's what you have to be very cognizant mm. of that the buck stops with you. Yeah. And it's, it's, hu- it's huge like for me personal development. Um, with a lot of the project management stuff that I do, um, I've managed people for quite a long time now, but like the, the personality differences, huge, massive, massive thing with how you manage. Like um, two completely different personalities can work completely cohesively together doing one job, but when there's an issue, you've got to deal with those two completely separately, completely separate over the one issue, could be over the one issue. Um, and I think that's huge. Like that was a huge one for me personal growth-wise was trying to like listen and understand and deliver the right advice or yeah, to those to – those, to In suit the those, right context yeah, to those people. To, to those, so those personalities and those people can actually – will actually listen and take it in um, and actually want to do better or want to fix it or can or fix it. just understand. Yeah, understand. Yeah, so – Fucking, I think that's like hugely valuable as well. How, how long have you been on your little journey as such? Like when did you sort of dive into? Um, I've always dabbled with a camera um, and I've always been interested in the fishing stuff. So maybe like probably wanted to go the the thing, like it was just like 
a slow burn to, like you said, with your stuff, like I can't remember when it was that actually happened, but I was like, I need to get out of this nine to five nonsense and I need to do something. And I resonated quite well with Cast Mag. I like what they were about. I like the vibe, I like the culture. Um, and I love reading fishing magazines and stuff. So I was like, I want to try this writing shit. So that was like maybe fucking 2013, 2014 or something like that. Um, and I reached out to Cast, got Mick, built that friendship, blah, blah, blah. That's and that Michael Clifford bloke. That, that's that fella. Yeah. <laughs> that side of drinking dog. Um, yeah. So that happened and then obviously all the networking off that and everything. And then I started looking at – because I was looking at their YouTube and their films and everything like that. And it, I started – I was like, fuck, man, I'm going to need a cam- like a proper camera and start doing a bit more stuff. And then I started doing – got like more affiliated with cast and started doing more and more film stuff and ended up jumping on jobs and then built it from that. Yeah. Um, and then I was like – similar to the thing I said with Adrian and me. Like I was like – I can't, I don't want to, I'm not one of them people that want to work for somebody for the rest of my life. It was a similar situation, sort of, not really. But I was like, yeah, I need, I need to make this my own thing. And I needed to, I still wanted to work in parallel with cast. I never wanted to cross over and stepping in anyone's lanes or cause any problems. So I was like, fucking how do I do this? Um, and then I was like, basically just grabbed it and I started flow state fishing. And it was based around the fishing industry because it's pretty much all I knew. And then I started looking at it objectively to what the business could actually achieve outside of my own personal preference. Um, and then I looked at it, it was like fucking media, in the, like outdoor media, adventure media in the north for starters because it's like reasonably quiet um, and there's a lot of bigger companies that do it but not specialised in it. Yep. So I was like, fuck, I need to crack into that. So then I was like, started Flow State, changed it to Flow State Productions. Um, and then just through fishing and bumping into people and the networking stuff, I got on to Ben Rennie, um, Will Collins, who was a guy that worked in my building, a young dude, um, and he's, uh, he's in, in the marine science, um, and he's always been a passionate photographer and everything. So I was like, got him involved, I was like, come on, some shoots and let's go fishing, and we ended up becoming really good friends. Um, and then Adrian was always someone I wanted to chat to because he's, I've followed him for a long time. Um, and been really like really enjoyed his stuff. So then it just sort of like it became what it was before I knew it become anything, yep. sort of thing. So like I, I so thought, it happened organically. Basically, yeah, like it was fresh as. So I was like, it started off as I didn't want it to be Wade Kelly fucking videos, whatever you want yeah. to call it, or photos. I wanted it to be a thing. I always wanted it to be a thing where I'd leave a legacy. Yeah, sense of community with it. Yeah, build a culture around it. Build people that like have like a conglomerate of people from blue sky would be all over the world where they actually enjoyed what I did and everything like that. Um, and then the podcasting come off to the side where I was like, fucking podcasts are cool. Like I listen to them all the time, um, love them. I was like, maybe I'll get into it because I get to talk to people and stuff. Yeah. Because my, I've said this before a fair few times, I guess, but my end goal out of all of this is to be on my deathbed and just have a fucking laptop and a hard drive, man, and just plug shit in and look at all the sick films I've done and like spark up all the memories that I had because fuck knows I could be like 90 and lost half the memories. Yeah. So I'd be able to plug that in and review it all and then plug in the podcast and just let them play till I choke, yeah. till I cark it. Yeah. And just listen to all the people I talk to and all the people I've met over the years. So it's solely based on fulfillment more than anything else. And then one day, hypothetically, I'm alone and I've got nobody else and I see some other kid 
and he's trying to fucking get after it and a similar thing that I'm doing, I'll be like, here's the businessman, here's the keys, off you go. Go for it, yeah. Yeah. Or my, could, oh, hopefully it'd be my kids. But yeah, yeah that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm after. Have you found that – I know for myself, the more I've immersed myself within the business side, particularly in the hunting and everything like that, the less of a participant I am – with everything else that goes on like i used to watch i don't know how to put this as such but like as a kid like i used to watch all the youtube videos <laughs> i used to read all the magazines Fucking oath. like all that sort of stuff now don't do a thing man no. i just do it you yeah. know what i mean like i i've gone from being such an observer to yeah. just a participant now yeah in it like Jack sits up here like at work when he's doing like custom builds or whatever and he'll just watch YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube yeah. video. And it's like to me, it's like, man, I'd just rather go hunting. And it's like I don't mm. know what shifted there but like I, I'm not up on like I don't like watch Meat Eater. I no. don't like watch hunting videos on YouTube. Like I haven't read a hunting magazine in yep. years. And people are like, really? And it's like, nah, I just love going hunting. Like yep. I'd rather be about it than talk about it. Yep. I don't, I don't know how to quantify it. Are you similar to that or? Exactly the same, I reckon. Like fishing, the fishing industry, I can't remember the last time I watched a fishing YouTube video. Yeah. Um, and they're in my feed all the time. Um, and I can't remember the last time I read a fishing magazine or anything. And I, all I want to do is go fishing. And I used to just be like, it's Friday, when am I fishing this weekend? It's Friday, when am I fishing this weekend? Now I'm like, I'll go fishing when like, Everything's good. Yeah, when everything's good, and I like well, I specifically, I've like narrowed down. I like I like all fishing. I used to like all fishing and like froth all of the people and everything like that. But now I'm like so focused on fly fishing goals that like I'll go fly fishing or I won't go fishing type thing. Yeah, if the conditions are right for fly fishing, I'll go fly fishing. I do still do. I still socially fish and stuff with friends and people that are into different stuff. Like I would have loved to go on this weekend chase a marlin and stuff. It's not my jam, but I would have enjoyed it. Um, Thanks to the nor'easter that camp. Yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to go chase marlin yeah, today. Today, today, yeah, yeah, but yeah, thirty knots and that. Yeah, it's filth. <laughs> yeah, very, but very exactly the same, man. I, I watch a heap of um, like stuff for like me, my media, um, and do a lot of like the YouTube that I watch is is media based stuff. So learning. like like learning, yeah, tutorial videos or or people that inspire me to grow as a person or as a business owner or whatever else. I don't watch entertainment as yeah. much, so to speak. I've, I've, I've gone on such a – I don't know how to quantify it. It's like with my whole like business on, entrepreneurial journey, everything like that, it's like I'm not going out and looking for that motivation or anything like that. Like it's never been – I haven't looked towards others and drawn mm. that wisdom or motivation or anything like that. And I'm not saying this is a good thing. Like I think having a business mentor or whatever mm. would probably be a logical step that I'll have down the track. But like as opposed to like getting that motivation or the want to do more or anything like that, I've never had the need to look externally for that. Yeah. And I've sort of like everything I've done has been like super organic yeah. and off my own back. Whether there's merit to that or not, mm. I don't know. Obviously – I could improve myself a lot, I believe, if I referenced others who were successful in like mm. other facets of business or life. But I physically, it's been very organic 
the direction I've taken and it, it hasn't been based off the observation of others or the learning of others or yeah. the reading of text or anything like that. It's been very organic and just derived from within my own being, I yeah. guess, on the direction I've taken and how I've done it. So I don't, I don't even know what to think of that. Yeah. To be honest, like I know we're doing good things. I know I'm proud of what we've built and how we've mm. done it. Could it have been better? Yes. Could it have been worse? Yes. But I would also think define better and define worse, yeah. you know. Do you think like – Do you, is it like um, – do you think that's a one-dimensional way of thinking? Like I respectfully disagree because I am like I need to know as much as I can – to make the most educated decision as possible. Yeah. Like I still make gut calls and all that sort of stuff, but I'm like, I'm one of those people that I try not to learn the hard way where I don't have to. Yeah. So like I'll, I've never, I've never been short of motivation, same as you. Like I've never needed to like watch a fucking YouTube video to get someone to Listen light a fire in a mask. Thomas, yeah. yeah, none of that shit. Um, I like trying to figure out what makes those people tick. Like, I watched David Goggins' stuff. Not all of it. I read his book um, and watched a few snippets of his stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you're on a spectrum of – definitely is, some description. But you look at his whole story and it makes – it puts a lot of things into perspective. Like, it gives you – it doesn't – like, it doesn't make me go, I want to be like David Goggins. It gives me a perspective of, like, mindset and stuff like that. Mm. And, like, the depth of understanding. So, like, like sleep shit. Like, why well, I'm always fucking tired. Yeah. So I started asking the questions and doing the research. So then I can make lifestyle choices and decisions that are actually going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I like doing that. Yeah. I, I can see. And I don't think either's right or like wrong. The, like the education side of things. But it's like, when you speak about David Goggins, for example, mm. who the fuck does he look at to get motivation? He's, he's just doing it. Yeah. 100%. Do you know what I mean? He's just doing it. And the, the one thing I picked up from him was he doesn't give a fuck about in a way, like a fuck about the physical fitness side of it. Like he doesn't care about that. He cares about mental the mental toughness of it. Yeah. Doing it to make you mentally tough. Yeah. But that, that's what I'm sort of getting at. Like he's just doing it. Mm. He's, not, he's not reaching for a source of motivation or inspiration or anything like that. That's just what he's doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like who does David Goggins look but, up on YouTube? But he's, he's – yeah, I understand what you Do you know mean. what I mean? Do you think it – but then do you come to the conclusion that like is there no one else – was there no one else doing it at the time so you had no one to reference? I, I don't know. I think I think there's a beauty in being able to be self-driven like that regardless mm. at, at a basal level. 100%. You know what I mean? Like without having to look externally for mm. it, that desire to grow or do more is there organically, yeah. naturally. And I, I think that's there for me. Like, obviously, I'll look into things and try and make the best decisions yeah, yeah. possible and all that sort of stuff. But I find it weird. Like, I'm not looking for that extra edge from someone else or anything yeah. like that. Like, it's it comes very natural to me to want to do more without having to go searching for that. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I, don't, I definitely don't need the to do that stuff to get motivated or drive or anything. Mm. Normally I've made my decision already, but I also I just want and as I don't need I don't need to do that shit for me to be able to say yes or be able to say no. Um, it's more I've said yes and no, but I want to know why I said yes yeah. or no. Yeah. Um, and I want to know if my decision is justified. Like 
yeah, like I might be like, yes, it's good. But I'm like, there's something a little bit funny about it. So I'll go and research it. Yeah. Having perspective yeah. on your decisions is always great. Yeah. And being able to look at both sides, the the yes and the no, the positive and the yeah. negative, I think that's there's a lot of power in that. You know what I mean? If you can mm. remove yourself from your decision and look at it as an outsider. Emotional-based decisions are destined to fail. Yeah. Yeah, of course. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. And I think knowing both sides mm. of why you're doing something, that's very powerful. If you can remove yourself and look at a decision you make and go, if I done it this way, this is why. And if I done it the other way, this is why. And knowing the thought processes behind it, yeah. that's very powerful. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people go, yep, this is why I'm doing it just because. Just, yeah. It's like, okay, quantify that to me. You can't, yeah. can you? No. It's like, so maybe there's actually a better or a more logical way you can tackle this problem, but you're just not willing to have that conversation with yourself. You're not willing to discuss the hard truths or go, maybe just drop your ego for a second. Yeah. You're afraid to admit X, Y, Z. So I think that's very powerful. Yeah, hundred percent. So where where does that sit with you, like, regard like, regardless of all your motivation and drive and everything, where does that sit with you in decision making? So like, you go, this is a good idea, but I know fucking nothing about it. You obviously do your research, yeah. Yep. Do you do like, do you do it extensive to the point of where like, like, it's almost not necessary. (laughs) Um, no, I, I, I'm not about paralyzing myself. Yeah, okay. You know, like they talk about um, paralysis by analysis mm. where you just – people are so hung up on perfecting something or – And you're on the hamster wheel for – yeah, I'm Yeah, that's right. Like that. And I think by the time – and you spend so much time there and you stagnate and the idea goes or it becomes null and void or irrelevant, I'm more about the doing. Yeah. And learning through doing and figuring yeah. things out because – it will become very apparent to you if you're doing the right things or not when you start. Obviously, and I think with business, there's there's a bit of a blueprint or formula mm. to branding and community and yeah. building all that sort of stuff up. And once you've got that figured out, which I have to an extent, mm. you know, um, I'm no expert on anything. But Copy paste. You, you do the same things over and over and apply it to a different principle. Yeah. It's going to work most of the time, you know. So you apply those sorts of things and then tweak it as you're going and keep learning and keep learning and keep learning. To me, the most important thing is starting. Shit, yeah. You know what I mean? So many people just don't start because they're not Want ready to, yet, not ready yet. Should have, would have. Yeah, it's like just fucking yeah. start, figure it out. If yeah. you make a mistake, you're going to know. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah, 100%. You know, that's – I'm more about within reason doing that. But obviously, the more things you do – the less mistakes you make down the track yeah. and you become better and more efficient at it, more efficient at it. Yeah. You know, like starting Ozcard, I started that back to front, man. Like I was so like, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I knew mm. nothing about business, branding, people, products, marketing. I knew nothing, nothing. And then bring it back five years later when I started Nexus, I'd, mm. I launched that motherfucker in a tenth of the time and done it 20 times more successful yeah. because I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I could just apply it. Similar concept but different but just apply all those same principles mm-hmm. to it and it works. Yeah. You know, and then you apply that to the next business and then the next one and then the next one. Yeah. And you, you get a lot better. It's an it. optimization and that's, that's where like the research stuff that I was preaching about just before is like I do a lot of that to optimize time not necessarily return. It's more. T- it's time. Pretty much time. I'll just say it as time because it's pretty much all it is. Is um, like I'll do my research to optimize 
performance to optimize time. Yeah. So yeah, the sleep one obviously, and that's it's. I'm not a details orientated person. Like it sounds like I sort of am, I guess, but contradictory is I'm not like the book thing. I think the reason why I dislike books is because you get all your information and it takes it's like all this fucking information. Whereas I prefer to just be like the book say, you do this, this happens. You do this, this happens. And all of the nitty gritty, I don't need to know. Mm-hmm. But then I contradict myself because the sleep thing, because I'm just using that because we've already spoken about it. Like I had to go, I went into detail for that because I wanted to know all the ins and outs. I got down to like, obviously like a fucking chemical level, a hormone, like a chemical, brain chemical level with it because I felt like that was the amount of detail that I needed for it to be 100% successful. I see you as a very curious person though. Heaps, you, yeah. you You want to milk the most out of everything. And yeah. That's why you're doing that though. You're like you're very curious and your desire to know more and learn more is very apparent. Like yeah, that's I think I so. That's what I pick up, you know what I mean? That's why you're going to that extent. With yeah. It. For me, it, it's there in some aspects and others it's not. I, I can't really put my finger on why i can't put my finger on why i'm the way i am either because there's there's some other things like i've never really fucked around with decisions i've always been like i'm gonna do it and just Mm -hmm. do it but in the same breath i like yeah i like knowing all about it or all about something um something off to the side that could mildly affect it that probably not even necessary but i wouldn't mind knowing about it yeah um and it's not nonsense knowledge it's always applied knowledge yeah and i can't put my finger I think it's just personality I guess oh yeah and your personality traits that are so deep seated within your DNA like you're not yeah. going to be able to know nor change them it's just who you there's are there's no answer as a person and neither's right or wrong oh that's right yeah, yeah. It's, it's all personal perspective like what is right mm. what is wrong comes down yeah. to well your, the way you make decisions is obviously working so why change it yeah that's right but yeah. also don't be scared to look at things with a different perspective as well yeah shit yeah you because, still have to be objective regardless of how you do that yeah and that's, yeah. that's growth though you know shit what I mean yeah. like I look at decisions I made two years ago and go, what the fuck was I doing? Mm. Dumb. Yeah. Dumb. <laughs> and then, but at the time you go, yeah, um, this is the right decision. Yep. <clears throat> and you, you, as long as you can look back on that and grow from it, mm-hmm. that's all you can ask for, you know? Like, man, like where will I be in 10 years time? The knowledge that will I, will I look back at myself in this time period and go, you're an idiot. <laughs> I probably will. Most likely. Yeah, of yeah. course. Um, and, but that's all from that life experience and learning that yeah. we all have. Yeah. And it's inevitable. Fucking oath it is. It's really inevitable. Yeah, proper. It's, uh, it's, it's a rabbit hole, but. <laughs> it is. Like, especially when um, <clears throat> like these sort of conversations happen where it's like uh, uh like a respectful disagreement and like or not it's not a disagreement it's just two different perspectives perspectives and you're trying to like nut out the one common denominator between the two because they both work yeah and you're trying to figure out what the fucking reasoning is to it and you can't it's almost impossible to do yeah you can nut out pull out little bits and pieces of info but never anything human psychology man yeah i don't even think that's there's an answer to that like i don't think that i don't think the book's been closed on that I don't think it ever will be because it's constantly it'll constantly develop as we evolve. Oh, for sure. And are we evolving in the right direction? I, I don't Fuck know. knows, man. I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, still fucking meatheads, really. Oh, it's but when you like take it all back, it's like all our problems in the world, all the stresses and everything mm. like that. It's like we're just on a floating rock. We're in, all yeah. going to die. 
Yeah. Like just Events. think about that and like that'll probably give you a bit of perspective. Fuck yeah. You know, like if you're stressed about something, think about that and that'll put a lot of things in perspective Pers- for you. A perspective on a like a global scale too, man. Like we're a fucking very lucky country. Yeah. Regardless of the dickheads running the show. Like we're a very, very luck- lucky country yeah. even with a disconnected government. At least we've got a functioning government. Yeah. Within reason. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people do that too and they get so worked up and locked into their own little sphere that they just forget that their shit ain't that bad man yeah yeah it's like you could be in a third world country struggling to have drinking water yeah like that's like imagine how fucked that i couldn't i couldn't imagine that mm. you know like I, I go on the hardest of hunting trips and that's i've got that yeah and that's me putting myself out there yeah toughen it yeah you need you definitely need a broad perspective and look like yeah, emotional-based decisions are always poor ones. Yeah. I think anyway because that's – normally most of those decisions, like if you start thinking small-scale, they are emotional-based. Like like the, the fucking exercise thing, like, oh, it hurts. It's painful. I don't like it. And you're like, I'm going to quit. All true facts. Yeah. But still. Yeah, 100%. And you're like, I want my brain something. I want to quit. I want to quit. I want to quit. But the long term is you're going to be better for it. Mm. Yeah, and you need to like look at a perspective. You go, fuck, it hurts right now, but like if I keep doing this, in three months' time, I'm going to look like this and I'm going to feel like this or I'm going to have lost all this weight. I'm going to be this much fitter. I'm going to be ready to do this or I can achieve this. But people get so engrossed in the five in the minutes. Now. Yeah, the five minutes from now and <coughs> now. Yeah. And, so, and I think that's a societal thing though, like where everything is faster in it life, is. you know what I mean? Like everything's available yeah. so much quicker now. Everything's at our disposal. Mm. Like you don't even need to leave your home now to go get takeaway food. Like no. it comes to your door. door. You like, can let every cafe now you order off your QR code on a table. You don't have to worry about any. There's no personalism anymore. Man. Yeah, and everything's so just there and now yeah. that instant. And look, even with social media, like the the gratification from that, like it's instant. You know, it's like you upload a photo, you get likes. It's like there's that that little dopamine hit for you. Yeah. You know, that straight away. Um, and I think that's conditioned us to want that immediate uh, result, I mm. guess. And that makes it a lot harder for people to put themselves through that long-term struggle for that result when yeah. so many things in life are just now, 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 now. Yeah. To put yourself out there for that long term, it's like, oh, do I sacrifice 12 months to be a healthier version of me? Mm. Fuck that, it's too hard. Yeah. And it's not. No, it's, <laughs> it's not. actually in the grand scheme of being a human it's not that fucking hard like you look back at not that long ago we were hacking each other to pieces with fucking axes and swords man yeah like and a couple generations back yeah not far not far and like look how far we've come in such a short amount of time yeah and it's because of those like i like it like a fucking 90 10 like 90 percent of people are sheep and the 10 percent of people that aren't are the ones who make the difference like there's been a the 10% of people over history that have wanted to learn and wanted to grow and wanted to understand. Um, like the Einsteins and all those motherfuckers that are doing like out of this box, out of the world type shit at the time and it's shaped humanity as it is today. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I think that number is um, shrinking. I think it's about <laughs> 2 to 98 right now. I think. I'd agree. Like the rest are just on the train to pay the taxes, you know. Like yeah. The, that whole herd mentality. Totally yep. agree, bro. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also a good thing because it makes those – it makes remarkable people stand out even more. 100%. And um, yeah, all, the, all the cogs have still got to turn. Like there's still got to be people contributing to the economy. Like we all tri- contribute to the economy and all that in one way or another. But like – 
Innovation though is it's, that's the different thing. It's rare as shit, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, I, I take my hat off to the people like who like dedicate their life to study and things man. like that. Like, I could not do it. No, I could not do it. You know, and whether that's a selfish thing or yeah. whatever, it's like for me to dedicate myself yeah. to like studying a concept. But I guess I do like. There's similarities in it though. There is similarities, but it's like is one for the common good of people or is one for the common good of Nicholas? Like am I being selfish by trying to live the best life I physically can mm. or should I be um, engrossing myself into the betterment of humanity? Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? Like there's, like, well, there's a few ethical it factors depends. There. It depends how you want to scale it because let's look at Ozcut. So you objectively have made an arrowhead better. I've it, added value. Yeah, so you've added value to an industry which has benefited people, mm. which has benefited hunting. Yeah. So that versus a guy in, fuck knows, astrophysicist. Yeah. And he's there and he's stuck. He wants to perfect this theory that no one else has been able to perfect to be able to allow us to travel backwards in time or some fucked up shit. Yeah. Someone studying cancer or. Yeah, like someone. I'm pretty sure there's cures for cancer. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like, yeah, exactly the same thing. But does the scale of what you've done or the scale of what he done outweigh each other? I don't think so. Yeah, and it's, a, it's all personal perspective as well, you know what I mean? I, I, like, I know, like, I somewhat have a selfish perspective on life because I only get one of them. Fuck it's yeah. Like, it's like I want to live the best life that I physically mm. People live. mistake self-confidence though for ego a lot of time. A lot of the time, yeah. yeah. I there, think. There is that. Like I, I, I want to help as many people as I can. I mm. want to see people be happy um, and, and all things like that. But if I'm not living my best life, it's like I can't do that to the full extent anyway. Yeah. So like time is such a precious thing for me. Like I really value time. Man. Same. Like really, really value it, you know, and I, I really understand the context that it's it's finite, you know, like it's going to run out one day. Yeah. So for me, I want to live my best life. Mm -hmm. I want to lead the best fucking life I can. I want to have as many memories. What's your end game? Just live a good life, bro. Just live. What 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 byproduct? What out? Like what's what's the fall off? What's the aftermath of Nick Morton dying? What does he There's leave? Nothing. What does he leave? Nothing. A legacy of good memories. Like, I like. I'm not about leaving a legacy or anything like that because ultimately, like, I'm not here anymore. Like, I, while I'm here, I want to have the best time I can. I want to be surrounded with the people that I do the things that I enjoy. I want to physically make the most out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to live an enriched life. Yeah. That's ultimately what I want to do. Yeah. I want to take it and really grasp it and live it. Yeah. Like that's what I want to do, man. Yeah, 100%. And it, it, a lot of people uh, want to do that after it's too late. No, fuck that. Yeah. I want to do it the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I don't want to get to 60 and then go, oh, I'll start traveling. It's like I want to have done so much shit. Three quarters of your life's gone by the time you're 60, man. The like best part of your life as yeah. well where you're active and you're healthiest and everything like mm. that. That's if you're lucky enough to get to that age. Yeah. You know, like it's not guaranteed. No. Like a lot of people take it for granted. It's not. And like, then you say, oh, you're going to die. And then people are like, oh, you're so fucking morbid. Don't talk like that. But it's like it's you, are. you are going to die, motherfucker. You're yeah. going to die. Yeah. And that, that to me is a big thing. It's like time's going to run out one day. Mm. Time's going to run out. 
and you, you get no more second chances. Then, you can't yeah. do that shit again. Yeah, then what? That's it. That's it. You're done. So for me, that's that, that sits at the forefront of my mind with everything I do. It's mm. like, and I think that again, like we spoke about me being all in on something or not, mm-hmm. that's that whole mindset there. Yeah. So if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I'm going to do it to the fullest. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I've always been like that. And I think it's only going to get more sided with that or more weighted with that. Like yep. everything I do, I'm all in with it. Do you think you'll make a long-term difference or change the direction or make a new direction of the industries that you're involved in? Um, like long-term, like after you, I'm talking after you're dead. Don't know. I've never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think so. Yeah. And I'd like to have helped and shaped how people do things in those industries. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be good. But even regardless, if I haven't, I'll go to bed soundly. Yeah. Or I don't. 100%. You know, well, you can't. You can You can um, lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. No, like I'm proud of what I've achieved so far and everything like that. Would I go back and do things differently for sure? Fuck but yeah, you would. Would I go back and not do it again? No way. Yeah. Like I'm just, you've only got every day and how you live every day mm. or every last moment is yep. what you are at that present time, you know? So like I'm proud of the direction I'm going, what we're doing. I'm content with it. I, w- I want more, obviously. Yeah. You know, but <clears throat> am I proud of it? Hell yeah. Fuck, you definitely should be, man. I, um, I want to make these types of conversations and this kind of information mainstream. Yeah. I want to make everyone think about it, regardless of whether you're a fucking whatever job. doesn't even matter what job. The most basic mundane job in the entire world. I want to make that, this, these, this information part of your general thought process. Bit of critical thinking. Fucking oath. Yeah. Because yeah. it does wonders for you. Man. It, Question your existence. Fucking. Not many people do anymore. No. Yeah, well, I don't see him doing anything. It's, it's because it's it's easy not to. Mm. Why? Fear, uncertainty, doubt, all that sort of stuff. Mm. It's the unknown. Why would you expose yourself to that? Yeah. Why would you take yourself away from the comfortable job you got? Like mm. your bills are being paid. Like, But that's what people don't realize. It's not fucking comfortable because you're comfortable when your pay comes in and then by the end of the week, your pay's gone. Yeah. And then you're not comfortable no more. Yeah. Or you've got a big bill. Or your fucking car has an accident, you've got to pay insurance fucking excess or some shit. You're never truly fucking comfortable. Or you go, oh, I want a million dollar house. So you work, you bust your ass and you forget about all of those fucking five, ten years that you just spent busting your ass. You forget that's even part of the process. You don't enjoy any of it. So you've lost that ten years of your life wasted. You get your million dollar house and then you're like, fuck, I just spent ten years of my life getting this. I don't even like it. Yeah. Or I want a $1.5 million house. <laughs> Or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's it, it comfortableness, comfortability, comfortability, comfort, comfort. <laughs> Fuck me, I made that a lot harder than it had to be. Is not real, man. Not it's not permanent. No, it's not. It's, it is real. It's not permanent. Yeah, I, and I think what's uncomfortable for me, man, is being, being comfortable. <laughs> no, is being dictated to. Like I'll live this life on my mm. own. Like this is my life. We all are to a degree, though. We are, but also. The most disconnected you can be. It, it, it's like if I want to do something, I'll go and do it. Fuck it's like yeah. what you ask 90% of people, what are they doing on Tuesday in three weeks' time? They're at work. What am I doing? Realistically, whatever the fuck I want. Mm. 
If I want to go and do something, I'll go and do it. Mm-hmm. If I want to work, I'll go to work. Yep. If it's good for hunting that day, I'm going to go hunting. Mm-hmm. If I want the day off, I'll have the day off. All those implications directly affect me, whether it's positive or negative, but ultimately it's me deciding. Yep. That's, that's what I want, you know. For someone else to say, oh, you have to put in a form to not be at work for four days. I need to ask a grown man permission to take time to live my own fucking yeah. life recreationally. Yes. Fuck that shit. Man. Go and fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm off at eight. That's, that, that to me was a big one. And then um, the cunts come back and they say, oh, nah, man, like. You can't. You can't. So, so, sorry. <laughs> I remember Ugh. towards the end of when I was working in the mines, it got pretty bad. Mm. And like, I was a really hard worker there. And like, and I had, like took a lot of pride in my work. Mm. And like, I was fully committed to it. But in the end, it was like, oh, I had expos to go to or whatever. Mm. And I'd like put a leave form in and it'd get denied. And I'd be like, well, I'm just letting you know I'm not here on these days, whether it's approved or not. Mm. I'm just. I'm not going to be here. And they're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, okay, just letting you know, I'm not going to be here on these days, Mm. you know, and it got to that point. And like, by the time I was that far down the rabbit hole, it was like, there was no coming back from it. It's like, you cannot tell me when I can or when I have to be at a certain place and that I'm allowed to have time off on these days or I get X amount. And I remember I was casual and they're like, oh, your leave's not approved. And I was like, I'm casual. I don't get holidays. It's like you can dictate when I work, I'll dictate when I work to you as well. Yep. You know, there was that mindset and like I was so far gone by that point. That's always going to be a recipe for it, man. Like when you start, when that shit happens, you know you're not meant for the nine to five. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, like I was so far, I was so deep in it then. And it's funny like how I I come to leaving my job, I was was like in the middle of the year, Mm. like June, July or something, and I was planning to go – Minimum Christmas, maybe January, February, March, like yep. another six or nine months I had. And I said to my boss, I'm like, they were pretty good about it. And they're like, when are you going to leave? When are you going to leave? Because they knew it was going to happen mm. eventually. And I was like, look, I'll tell you, I'll give you all the notice. And I was like, I was working out at Narrabri, so about five hours from Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing was I was getting up at one in the morning mm-hmm. and I'd travel out to work, do a 12-hour shift, stay out there for three or four days, or five days if I'd done overtime, and then travel home. And then I was running the business when I was back here mm. and um, I was just depressed. I was mm. so depressed. I'd, I'd drive out to work. I'd get so anxious and I was just hating it. I wasn't sleeping. I was stressed. It was just, it was a horrible time in my life. And um, I remember one day the alarm went off. I had all my stuff packed. It was like quarter past one in the morning. I got in the car and I sat in the car. Could not bring myself to start the car. Couldn't yeah. do it. Went inside, paced around for 10 minutes, come back outside, went to get in the car. And just went, I can't do this anymore. Rang up, won't be in today. Went back to bed, woke up and resigned. Yep. And that was how I done it. I just, I just threw the bucket. Yep. Just went, I can't do it anymore. And that's how it happened, man. Yep. Like it wasn't, it was just, and I was like, holy fuck, I've just left my job to yeah. go do this full time. What the fuck am I doing? Yep. But here we are. Yeah. I'm thankful for it. Yeah, fucking oath, man. And sometimes it has to happen like that. It has to. You just have to have that little fucking nudge to take the jump. I don't think. Um, I don't think I'll be like that. Like with the project management stuff that I'm doing, I think I'll end up. Like, I'm a free man with that anyway. But I think what I'll end up doing is like, I want to build the media company to outgrow that, obviously. So I think like I've got a more strategic approach where it'll probably. End, um, it might end up getting like yours, where I'm just fucking sick of it. I'm like, nah, shit, can it? But I think what I plan on doing is 
is outgrowing have the media company outgrow the project management stuff so it phases off to nothing and it's just clean it's like a that was my plan as well. a clean yeah a clean transition i'd i like to th- i'd like to think it's tracking that way but i'd like to think it's gonna do that but i don't know if it will you'll only know when you're looking back bro yeah that's 100%. the only way you're looking back on it but 100%. again there's no right or wrong nah it's like whatever you do and you make good things happen out of it that's yeah. all that matters and like as a disclaimer and i think i can speak for you too is um the whole there's nothing wrong with the nine to five shit no fuck if me. you enjoy it and it makes you happy it's all personal preference 100 percent. yeah it's like it, everything that i've said is is spoken from my perspective yeah and you same. know spoken from my perspective and i'm wanting to do things that make me happy mm. you know by all means if you're happy doing something that's amazing that's yeah. beautiful but question are you really happy or do you really know what that is as well i think if you haven't done that then you can't just Mm. put your hand on your heart and say yeah i'm happy and i'm content doing what i'm doing if you haven't seen both sides of it or you can't fully question and articulate why you're doing it seek to be better every day yeah and whether whether it be 65 years of work and outside of that you're just chasing self-betterment and work just is paying the bills and, and you're happy doing that then fucking that's good enough for anybody 100%. 100%. And you should be proud of that regardless of what job you got or anything. Like if you focus on being better every day, a better human being every day, a better yourself, and I think I think you like set up to win. Oh, regardless. for sure, man. And that, and that correlate and that will sort of amplify itself in all yeah. areas of life regardless. Yeah. Like if you're trying to be a better person or just be better in general, mm. that's going to amplify itself in all yeah. aspects of your we life. We look at Cameron Haynes. The dude still works a nine to five. Yeah. Doesn't have to. Yeah. Works a nine to five because he thinks a job is a privilege. Yeah. Like I disagree with that and you probably do. You probably definitely do. Definitely but do. yeah. But like he thinks it's a privilege and he's quite happy doing what he's doing. Yeah. And still, with everything else on top. Yeah. And he's quite happy with that and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. 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 And, and at the end of the day, we're all individuals, man. Yeah. But it's like just like life short, fucking make sure you're happy. Make sure you're you're getting something out of it. Like that's the main thing. Like yeah. get something out of it. Like get some fulfillment out of it and make sure you know what's out there. And like mm. it's a big world. There's so many things and so many possibilities out there, so many opportunities, so many things that can bring you happiness. Yeah. You need to try it to understand it. Yeah. You know, like if you don't put yourself out there, you're never going to know. Open-mindedness, man. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like don't be scared to live your life. Like yeah. don't just go, this is my life, that's it forever. Like, Yeah, question shit, man. Yeah, question things. Yeah. Think independently. Yes, that's it's such a it's such a skill and an asset to be able to do and and can put you in such a better place in your life if you do do that. Yeah, and that's me speaking from experience. Yeah, and like it carries on because like you go around, you get in with that mindset, and you work on that mindset, and you work on that self betterment. If the flow on effect, it flows onto your relationships, it flows on to your friends, your family, your work, your everything. Yeah. Um. And it gives you more opportunities to to make more decisions and further benefit. Like it's a snowball, man. Like once you start down that path and it's like it starts to become ingrained, which like with me now, it's like this just how I who I am and how I think. It it progressively gets bigger and bigger and faster and faster. So like your personal progression is even quicker. And that's that same thing where like in a short amount of time I've come so in my personal opinions, I've come so far. Um, and the distance between me and other people and other friends and stuff has gotten so wide so quickly because I've grown so quick. Yeah. Um, and I'm not. That's not coming from like an ego or big noting myself or anything. I personally know that I've grown 
so fast, so quick, and I'm very happy with the growth. Like it's positive growth. It's not negative growth. Yeah, and that's – but as long as at the end of the day, it's like if you're happy and content with it, that's all that matters. Like you don't have to worry about the distance between you or others nah. or anything like that. It's like knowing in yourself, yeah. like knowing in your true self that you're doing it for the right reasons and you're happy. Like you don't need to justify it. Eh? Nah. It's like just keep doing it. Yeah. Just keep fucking doing it. And if like you'll find that people will disagree with it or whatever, but you keep doing it organically and for the right reasons and for yourself – Eventually, you'll have the right people surrounding you. Anyway, it'll mm. just it'll happen. You know? Yeah. Like if you keep growing, keep pushing, and and expanding, and things like that, people will come into your circle yeah. similar to you. Patience, man. Yeah. Patience is another one. You'll play the long game. Fucking always. Yeah. Yes. Like life's short, but you've got to play the long game. You, you know? have like, to. Think good things don't just happen overnight. Fuck no. You got to make business especially. No, fucking definitely. <laughs> Bad things can happen overnight. Yeah. Good things definitely not. Yeah. If you go in there with the right mindset, good things fucking. Good things will happen. 100%, man, I think. 100%. Fucking, we should get to some questions. We haven't actually talked much about hunting at all. Except, I haven't hunted in about six weeks, man. Except how deers are better than pigs. Fuck Or off. whatever it's meant to be. <laughs> Do you even have any questions for me? I, th- I think I've got a few. I've got a few dickheads. Like, I always get a handful of fucking stupid shit. Um, we covered who's the better-looking doomsus and why is it James? <laughs> That's, we've covered that one. <laughs> that Fucking this Lord of the Rings shit wigs me out, eh? What's that? <laughs> Greatest film of all time. <laughs> Which one? Oh, all of them. <laughs> Just all of them. <laughs> I can't, oh, you I, come hunting with me, bro, at the hut, you have to watch The Lord of the Rings. Man, I, oh, I've watched them yeah. countless times, but not like Good man. not recently. I enjoy it and it's a fucking great series of films. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome. And like I'm a, I'm a big fan of lore, like L-O-R-E. Yeah. Um, like depth to like – Fiction, fictional movies and stuff like that. I'm a big fan of like depth to it. Yeah, okay. Um, and side stories and shit. Like yeah. shit that like adds so much more dynamic to it. It has such a storyline, backstory and so many like side stories to it. Like it's it's yeah. so well Well, written. how The Hobbit how the Hobbit was created after Lord of the Rings and it's a precursor to The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like that shit's cool, man. So I, good, yeah. I rate that. Fucking nerd. <laughs> nah. Um, <laughs> so we're going to cover the fucking... <laughs> Aiden, Aiden asked, um, favorite Lord of the Rings scene and why is it when Gimli says, I cannot jump the distance? You have to toss me. <laughs> is that what he wanted me to say? I, think? <laughs> Dude, I cannot jump the distance. Fucking uh, hell. Fucking hell. That, that was from New Zealand. Wasn't that, it? that takes us back to New Zealand, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We got flooded in both times. I hunted in New Zealand with them boys. Aiden, I call him the rainmaker. Every fucking time he comes hunting it is just monsoonal rain <laughs> like every single time we got flooded in new zealand twice he's come hunting in the mountains the first time we didn't see we didn't have past 50 meters viz for seven days it was fogged in and rained <laughs> every single day and then the second time when we hunted in the mountains it was rain every single day basically like torrential rain and i was just like you are fucked <laughs> called him the rainmaker. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell yeah well we went out on that hunting trip and we were playing like random fucking medieval Lord of the Rings music, like yeah. instrumental shit. It was fucking yeah. yeah, that stemmed from us hunting in New Zealand. So we're weirdos, man. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking different, eh? I um, I don't dislike it. I, I'll get around it. Like, It'll I, grow it, on you. It makes sense. It probably definitely is going to have to, I suppose, because I'm going to be <laughs> hunting with them a fair bit. Um, Dan Clancy, he's a, he's a mad bow hunting frother. He's a fully, out, fully outdoorsman. 
absolutely slays Murray Cord. I know Mr. Clancy. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. He's spoken a, on the phone to him a few times. Oh, nice. He's a fucking legend, man. He's a good um, man. Very, very good man. Very skilled fisherman. And I'm pretty sure he's he got a bow into bow hunting. Yeah. 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 Um, he's got three, actually. Three good ones. Um, any regrets in business or paths taken? Um, not taking more risks sooner. Not being as aggressive when I started as I am now. Because mm-hmm. I think that would have compounded um, where I am now. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's not a regret. It's ha- looking back on But were you not side. ready to make like – No, I was scared. Yeah. I was scared. Were you not at Dipping the, my toe in the water. Yeah. I wasn't at that point. So it's hindsight. Like mm. I don't – I don't have any regrets as such. No, I don't have any regrets because I've learned from everything. Like everything's made me. You need to. You need to make mistakes to learn. Mm. Ultimately, like some of your be- some of my best lessons lessons have come mm. from mistakes because mm. you won't do them again. So, I, I wouldn't say I have any yeah. regrets in business thus far. What if you took that path earlier and you weren't ready for it that then? And it was now. And then it was a failure. And it could have been. Yeah, any of the shit. It could have been, but I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Yeah, true. And that's a perspective thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, No, there's there's nothing that like I've done that's like blatantly failed or been a drastic, yeah, big negative. So yeah, there's no no regrets to it. There's no paths I wish I didn't take. Yep. I mean, I would have liked to have started sooner. I would have liked to have had this mindset sooner. (laughs) But the life experiences I've had have given me yeah yeah so i've kind of needed to live the life i have to get to this point anyway yeah it's so hard that one man it is a hard is it yeah so well answer it non-objectively so like it it is for what it is like that exact question without putting anything into perspective do you have any nothing no nothing yeah i don't think so either for myself um no other than starting sooner like no i've got none yeah yeah because it yeah you're damn right like it shapes your life experience shapes who you are. Yeah. And you're ready when you're ready. That's right. I think. Um, his other one, biggest goal for hunting, money aside. Just in general. <laughs> um, if I can do more of it, do yeah. more hunting. No, there's a few bucket list hunts I would like to do. I'd definitely like to um, get back over to Africa as soon as I can. I want to do um, some more North American hunting, like get back over and do some pack hunting trips for elk and mule deer and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just a given. Um, there's a hunt in Uzbekistan that I've got lined up to do. Um, they've got big mountain boars over there that get to like 350 kilos. Those big shaggy motherfuckers, eh? Yeah, yeah. big Eurasian boars. So that's that's a hunt I'd like to do. Um, obviously a lot more in New Zealand. I'd, I'd like to do a lot more traveling and hunting throughout life, you know, just adventure in more places, like a lot more pack hunting trips and a lot more exotic style hunts, like yep. um, alpine style hunts, I guess. So a lot more of that stuff, but... Yeah, just do more of it, you know, like I just enjoy it while I do it. There's no real like number one bucket list hunt or anything. I just want to do a lot of it and experience or travel the world and see that, you know, like get out there and experience different things whilst yep. doing what I'm passionate about, I guess. Yeah. Yep. It's the same with fishing as well. Like I, there's a few trips I want to do around the world and stuff like that and just I guess seeing the world whilst you're doing what you're passionate about is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You man. know, yeah. I'll, I'll answer them while I'm gone. Not, I don't think they're directed me when I answer them anyway. But mine probably at this stage, like answering it from right now, would have to be a trophy of some description off my own back in the in the near future, say three years time, within three years. Yeah, okay. like a tro- like 
I decide when I go, I decide where I'm going, yeah. and I do all of my own research to find whatever it is and, and like, yeah, nail it and get a trophy animal. Yeah. Oh, man, you put yourself to it, it'll happen. There'll be a lot yeah. of zeros in between, but Fuck it'll happen. Yeah. Same with everything, I think. Um, another awesome one. Um, any interest in business outside of your immediate interests? Or uh, is that a key to or is that the key to your success or slash progress? Yes, but I would find it very hard to be invested in it. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of fingers in pies at the moment, but they're all things that I'm passionate about and mm-hmm. it's it's not a struggle for me to do. Yep. Um there's a few investment things that I'm wanting to look into and things like that. But Everything I'm doing now is almost a passion project as well. Yeah. So it's very easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like some like commercial investment and things like that, I'll start dabbling in a bit more of. Yep. But aside from venture-wise, no. Yeah. Um, unless I was a minority shareholder in a business or just a strategic partner or something like that, there's no – you're not going to see me forming any businesses outside of what I'm passionate about. Like I'm – too far down the rabbit hole now yeah um and obviously i think there's a lot of there's a lot of money to be made in all facets of business but i've had it too good and i'm surrounded by what i'm passionate about mm. it would be so hard to take my attention to like if i can sell windows or something you yeah, know what i mean something cut, you're not passionate about because you, you're cutting because you're cutting time off the things you're passionate about yeah. to pursue something you're not it's it's almost an impossibility if yeah. you once you've already started yeah. down the road, I think it's yeah. well. It is for me anyway. Apart from NFTs, <laughs> fuck <laughs> NFTs, bro. <laughs> Oi, they're. I say good. this. I say this now. Man, they're they're fucking good. <laughs> we need a three-hour podcast just to talk about cryptocurrency. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole, hey. Yeah, oh, so yuck. I wonder if it'll stay around. Like NFTs, I don't even know either. Like they're a weird. I, th- I think NFTs, the function of an NFT will stay around, but the actual concept of what they are or the substance of what they are will mm. evolve to suit yeah. an actual utility in time. Yeah. You know, like I think everyone- Well, people all, are- Sorry, you go. Everyone buying all these crypto punks and all these 10,000 <laughs> JPEGs. 10,000 is the limit of things you can create on Photoshop. That's why every collection yeah. has 10,000, you know, because yeah. that's the limit of what Photoshop can make. Like I think the utility of that will disappear one day and the value of that will- Yeah, well, didn't that- I can't remember the name of it, what it is- uh, it was a it was a school or something that made these NFTs, and a Singaporean businessman company bought one for like sixty nine million bucks, and it it's because it was like a huge amount of pixels, and they had it to like make a huge thing on the side of their building or something. But they bought it as an artwork, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because there's all different sorts. Like there's artwork collectibles. There's fucking there's stuff that gives you tickets. So like yeah, you it's buy all about the, the ownership. Yeah, yeah. But um. I can confidently say they make a fucking lot of money. <laughs> oh, they do, particularly now. You know, yeah. like you got to be, you got to, you got to be on it though, like on the ball. Yeah, no different to stock. Oh, for and sure. it moves the crypto market too. So if you see big sales and shit in NFTs, a lot of stuff's in Ethereum. And if you see a lot of like NFs, like a lot of big sales in a short amount of time, the cryptocurrency market actually moves. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty interesting. I like it, but yeah, it's not a. It's, I, I think it's going to be short term for me, yeah, but it's, I just seen it as a good way, like yeah. a bit of a hot hot dollar. Um, yeah, so we answered that one. Um, so this is from Ben Gladhill. Glad, ben Gladhill, he's a bit of a legend. This kid, he um, he's I grew up with his missus' sister, and I've chatted to him for years. 
and um, his missus' sister and whatever from where I grew up. And I was back there at home one day and he was working for um, his missus' old man. And I'm good mates with him for a lot of years and done some work for him myself. And I was ca- there catching up with him and everything. And I seen him and I waved to him and he like full balked me. Like, and I was like, fuck, did I do something up? Did I not reply to one of his messages or was he like, did I say something that he didn't like or what the go was? And I was like, was half stressed about it because he's only a young dude. Um, and um, yeah, and then I end up speaking to the, the sister that I said. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, he was just fucking nervous, <laughs> which is weird. Uh, do you find that? Like, I still see myself as the same person. And I, then, a little bit. I get a little bit of that sometimes. It's yeah. weird, man. I don't want to be treated like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was just a funny story. He'll laugh when he, re- when he hears that, if he even listens to my podcast. Um, how did you first get into bow hunting? Oh man, it was such a natural progression. Like I, there was no defining moment that got me into bow hunting. So mm. I grew up, we had a little bit of property um, and I always grew up like when I was like four, I'd just be off like adventuring in the bush, just exploring and whatnot. Mm. And as a kid, I started like making bows out of bits of conduit and like bamboo skewers yes. and stuff and I like started shooting rabbits and shit like that. And it just, it just snowballed from there. I was always so curious about it and wanted to do it. Um, I had no family members who hunted or anything. Dad used to shoot back in the day with guns, but hand his guns back in the 93 buyback and everything like that. That's when I was born. Mm. Um, so I had no no one to take me hunting or anything like that. So all through my like young years, I just wanted to go hunting so, so badly. And, yeah. and all I had was a bow, obviously. And that want and desire and not having the privilege to do it, once I was able to start going hunting, like as soon as I got my peas, I was off door knocking, got yep. access to hunting land, things like that. It was such a privilege and I, it was something I just wanted to do for so long. Yep. It was something I cherished so, so much and it just it just grew on me, man. Like it just it started organically. No one got me into it. it yeah. As I said, I just started from when I was young. It's just something I've always done, always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And when I did get to do that, it was a massive privilege. And it just, I just stuck with it and just it just snowballed, man. Yep. It's like I'll never get out of it. Yeah. That's very similar. Bow hunter for life, man. <laughs> That's very similar to me with fishing, I think. I've fished for as long as I've been a fucking live. Yeah. But like the proper tipping point for me, like I've always loved fishing and always been doing it. But when I got f- uh, first car and then I could buy a boat. Yeah, freedom. So, man, fucking hell. I'll run some hours up on that first tinny, I tell you. Um, scariest moment you've had bow hunting? Oh, that'd be in New Zealand for sure. I, um, so for those who have hunted New Zealand, it's about as steep as it gets. Um, and this was on my first trip, so I was probably a bit too excited. And I remember I sort of bluffed myself out following this bull up way up high. Um, and basically that means you can't go any higher. Um, and where I'd come up, it was sort of like a rock shelf at like 90 degrees to each other. Yep. Kind of like sort of shimmying up like the side of a wall, like my back on one side, my feet on the other, and I shimmied up this rock wall. Yep. And I couldn't go down it because it was too much of a drop. Mm-hmm. And the only other way around, I was on this bit of a knoll and it was just sort of scree cliffs and just drop off some bluffs all around me and um, icy like sort of snow sheets. And um, I walked around and there was a bit of a point and it sort of dropped off a little bit. And went down and there was about a, would have been about a 1.8 or a sort of 
two meters like gap in between the next bit of grass and in between that was just like a big shoot probably like 60 80 meters down into the, the never never mm. and it sort of it was like a smooth rock face and it had water rolling over it and so if you imagine i'm on this bit of an edge and it had two little little rocks coming out of it where the water was running over and one i could put my left boot down on and one i could put my right boot down on so i was basically sitting where this water was running on this rock shelf and i had to jump across to the right probably like one and a half two meters something like mm. that to my right but this rock shelf that i was sitting on it sloped down and just went off into a drop off mm. eventually so it was just kind of like a, a concave sorry a convex just drop off on the end and i'm I, i'd get down there and i'd put my feet on it and I'd lean back and my pack was sort of pushing me forward from mm -hmm. this rock face. And I knew I had to throw my weight. Uh, I had to put my weight on my feet and then throw myself across to this next little grass knoll to get to where I needed to go. Anyway, long story short, I was I ummed and art about it. Like it was super sketchy and I, I fucking wasn't happy about being there. I put myself in a shit situation. Yeah. Aiden and James were hunting elsewhere and I was hunting on my own. I texted them where I was. I'm like, oh, I'm going across this sketchy crossing, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I sat there and I finally got the courage to sort of – I had to sort of push off and jump to the side. Mm. And as I've pushed off, my feet have slipped off these rocks and shot down. And I just remember I sort of slipped and fell on a half, sort of fucking threw myself across this this opening and swung – I had an ice axe in one mm. hand. I swung around and it dug into the bank that I was on there and that's what I was basically just hanging by my ice axe like over this this big drop. And I managed to um, throw myself Dead if back you let go. I yeah. fucked up if I fell, yeah. definitely, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I've, the ice axe is held in by one hand and mm. I've sort of flicked myself back up over. Um, sorry, Mum, if you're listening to this, <laughs> she doesn't know that one. Um, but, yeah, that was that was a bit of an eye-opener in New Zealand for me, definitely. Like, that was a scary, scary experience. Like, I thought I was fucked. Like, I thought I was dead like, yeah. when I slipped, you know. Um, so it definitely gave me a bit more caution to it. Um but again, that's the nature of the beast as well. Hunting over there, it's like you sort of know the risks that you're going in with as well. Yeah. But that was a pretty sketchy experience. Fuck like yeah. That wasn't a time. I think a lot of people like go, when you say sketchy experience, they automatically think of like animal encounters. Yeah. But a lot of that crazy ass terrain, like I always watch stuff with like um, like bighorn sheep and, yep. and um, all that sort of stuff. It's and wild, bro, where they live, bro. Man hectic all that shaley stuff yeah it's like, like the steepness of it and just the bluffs and everything like mm. it's insane mm. like it's new zealand's one of them places like you're on the mountain and you're like this is fucking terrifying mm. you get off and you're like i want to get back up there yeah like it's one of those places like you just want more but it's like your heart is in your throat the whole time when you're up in that steep stuff like it's yeah yeah proper. it's gnarly i can imagine man it's fucking weird that like big shaggy ass goats are up there yeah bouncing around standing on like rocks. and they run around like it's nothing yeah and they're playing and like all we actually when when i was hunting with aiden james there we seen mm. a tar fall off a cliff and tumble to its death oh right like okay. hundreds of meters like ass overhead tumbling down this this cliff face and yeah it was kind of like if they if they fall we're fucked yeah right yeah that's fucking humbling yeah yeah <laughs> i'd have bailed that's fucking wild yeah yeah. I still remember I look at over at Aiden, he's doing this, doing the cross. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, did you see that? I was like, yes. Fuck, that's scary. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, right. I don't think I've got any questions. That was about it. The rest are all just nonsense. <laughs> Heaps of people carry on. But I started I started the podcast, like the early ones were just stupid shit, like 
they weren't like proper stupid. I just used to ask like um, gun to your head type questions and yeah, all sorts yeah. of silly nonsense. Take the piss. Yeah, and then um, everyone's still carrying on with it. But I think the podcasts have evolved past that now. Like I've found like – Bit of substance. Yeah, I found – they were always good um, and I always want to keep them like a raw – like um, if people don't know, like I don't have any set questions, any script, any anything really – um, I have I do a little bit of background research um, to find out what people are into, and then that's it. And then I try and like because I like the challenge of trying to fly by the seat of my pants, and I think it makes organic conversation. I, I think having that organic conversation is the best, man. Like it just flows, and just having a conversation how it would normal as a microphone rigged up or not, yeah, that's how it would have went. Well, I want know? the I want the people to say to feel like they're sitting there in that couch, like yeah. and listening to the yarn, hundred um, percent. Because I feel like there's a crying need for that. Especially in this day's society, because of like personalism has gone from everything yeah. now. Um, yeah, so I don't have any plan, and it just goes through how long it goes for. How long have we gone for tonight? Three, we, and, a, three and a half. Three and a half. I was going to say we, we're getting there. Solid. Yeah, but yeah, we've hardly covered any hunt, hunting topics, which is pretty wild. That's right. But oh, they'll get around it. Um, people, oh, we got to like when I do these sort of chats, I get a lot of like positive feedback, heaps. Yeah. Heaps and heaps. Very rarely any any like negative yeah, it's good. feedback at all. And these normally stream the biggest like – I don't know how that is the case because – It's relatable. Can, yeah, but how can you listen to more of it when you haven't heard it? Like, you know what I mean? Like they seem to get more streams maybe because people – I don't know if the stats are like people listen twice, yeah, okay. which is why there's more streams, but I, I'm not sure. But they always get way more – like nearly double the amount of traction. We'll see how this one goes anyway. It could be a flop. No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. <laughs> no, it was a good conversation, man. Uh, yeah, we covered some pretty cool things. And I think anyone from any walk of life should be able to draw some positivities out of this one. 100%. I think, um, I think it's, it's broadly applicable. And I think, um, I f- like, for me, like-minded people are hard to come by. Yeah. So it's really hard to sort of have – I can't have these conversations that I have – that I've had with you with a lot of people because – and it's not a bad thing, but they're not on the level – yeah. And not that I'm better or worse or anything like that. It's just a different... Just being able to relate. Yeah, it's relatable. Um, and I get a lot from these conversations too, like being able to talk to people because you've got different perspectives to what I do and I wasn't aware of some of those perspectives that you have. And then that'll like stick with me for a long time. Yeah, for sure. me based decisions and shit. I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. It was really good. No, it's I'd, been good, man. Thanks I, for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, sure. It won't be the last. No, we'll, we'll go again. <laughs> Thank you.